With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Work it, make it, do it. Makes us honor, better, faster, stronger. Not, 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 that don't kill me. Can only make us stronger. I need you to hurry up, man. Cause I can't wait much longer. I know I got to be right now. Cause I can't get much stronger. One bleeds red and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rival. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio with your host Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Holy cow, I haven't heard that in so, so long. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Red vs. Blue Friday Night Football, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. I'm Scott Atkins, team legacy in the world of high-stakes fantasy football, at Scott Fantasy on Twitter, and this is the inaugural, actually the annual, Red versus Blue Scout Fantasy Online Championship. The first three picks are, picks are already in the books. And sure enough, what we thought might happen has happened. Ezekiel Elliott has fell to the four pick. Facing a possible suspension today with Adam Schefter breaking out that news that he's concerned and that Ezekiel Elliott is bracing for a possible suspension, Ezekiel Elliott falls to four, two. Sedona Slammer, who we have on the line that called right before the show. Uh, Sedona Slammer, this is Kurt Kikis, right, man? How's it going? It's going great, buddy. Uh, sitting here in Palm Springs uh, doing the draft and hoping Elliot fell to me at four, and he did, so I'm a happy man. Oh, you know, we thought this might happen. Let's catch everybody up at home that's listening without the luxury of watching the draft board. Stock and Barrel, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, no surprise, but this is where we thought it might get interesting Antonio Brown goes uh, to three to the tickler over uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Are you surprised by that today, thinking that this may uh, this this news might blow over completely? No, I'm I'm I was hoping this would happen. Um, I'm more concerned about Roethlisberger's health than I am about Elliott getting suspension. Um, you know, Elliott if he gets a two-game suspension like they're talking about, he'll be gone for the first two weeks. All I have to do yeah. is have a top yeah. six score. And boom, hmm. I got two victories, and I'm happy. So I will uh, I will draft appropriately to make that, that happen. That is a fantastic point you brought up, Kurt, that uh, 
the two weeks, the first two weeks here at Scout Fantasy are all play, which means you just have to be at the top six and get a win. And so with a suspension, maybe you maybe you handcuff a Darren McFadden later or or get a Charles Sims or somebody just to hold you over. You just got to get eight to ten points really to hold you over to be in the top six. It's not, you know, you don't have to have a make or break type of week in those first two weeks. That's a good call. Exactly. As long as I come in the top six first two weeks, I'll be 2-0. and He'll come back. He'll be healthy. Uh, of course, i got to deal with the bye week, but that won't be an issue. I will plan for that, and I will be receiver strong, and it'll be good. Kirk Keek is one of the top-ranked players in the world. Top five. I know you've been top five. Maybe as high as top number two or three for a while there. Uh, and then last year you won the national – or two years ago you won the national fantasy football championship. I mean, that's a, that's a nice feather in the cap, but you've yet to knock down the big granddaddy of them all, the world championship here. Maybe uh, you're, you're, setting up to, you're setting up to knock down the online here with that full pick. Well, you know, Mike and I, Mike Santos and I, won uh, the primetime two years ago. We won the platinum two years ago. Took yep. you last yep. year off just to show yep. we're human. <laughs> and uh, this year we're, we're winning the whole damn thing, every tournament, every place. I wish I had the, uh, the Rocky Four sound clip. Uh, he bleeds. He's, <laughs> he's, he's a man, right? He's a man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Of course, I say that sitting naked outside my hotel room because I'm locked out. But, you know, take it for what it's worth. Coming <laughs> down, Viva Las Vegas at one. Mark Salinas takes David Johnson. No surprise. The guy caught uh, – how many, how many balls did uh, David Johnson catch last year? 80 balls on 120 targets. 120 targets for a running back. That's just insane. David Johnson is Carson Palmer's check down baby. Blaine Parra, Canadian geese. He has won this thing for two straight years. No surprise. He takes living in a prayer. Le'Veon Bell uh, goes to Canadian geese. Again, two times the last two years, Blaine Parra has won this league. We hope to talk to him. He finished 26th overall in the entire contest last year. Uh, so he's he's going to be the, the man to beat. He is the man to beat. Antonio Brown at three. Ezekiel Elliott four. Beckham at five to Harry Mary Monks, Chris Brommel. Six, Julio Jones, Evil Empire. That's Anthony Vargas with Julio. Seven, Malins Invaders takes Mike Evans. And I've heard some talk. Uh, Kurt, you're a guy that is very high on Mike Evans. Talking about taking him as yep. one of the top wide receivers. Number four, he's target dependent and touchdown dependent. And touchdowns are very volatile. Does that worry you at all with Mike Evans? Oh, you know, you know Mike Evans cooled off. The last half of last season, that kind of worried me. But mm-hmm. um, you know what? I think with D-Jacks taking the, top, the heat off the top there and they've added uh, Howard to help break underneath, I think uh, Evans will be as successful this year as he was last year. So um, if I ended up with Evans as my first pick, I would be a happy man. Yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's going to be the, uh, the million-dollar question for Mike Evans. 171 targets last year to get that number three finish, you would have to think, and my personally, I think with Deshaun Jackson, OJ Howard, and the, you know, the evolution of that offense, it's not going to be at 170 this year. Let's, let's just pencil it down at 150 as a ceiling. And then at that point, look, you still have a top five wide receiver and maybe the touchdowns go up. Like you're saying, maybe it gets easier for him. So I'll tell you something else. Um, Evans should have got the SB for the best play over cook cooks and Rogers. Remember that hit he took on that catch oh, yeah. he made? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yep. and he held on to the ball. I mean, come on. That was the best play of all last year. The guy is tough. Whether he yep. gets cut down by 25 targets, 30 targets, he's a, he's a stud. And he's, he's a, well, a solid first-round pick. It is nice to see. Again, this is the Scout Fantasy Online Championship, the first 
and only public draft board that you will see on your way to the Road to the World Championship. Mallon's Invaders, Richard Mallon, takes a safe pick with Mike Evans. It's a good pick. There's nothing wrong with it. At that point, we have the first seven picks off the board. That's pretty much the unanimous top seven. I have seen Evans fall out of that seven, but that is the safe seven. Then you move into the next part of the draft. Now you have some more running backs and wide receivers at your disposal here to choose from. Bada bing, Jim Scarnati takes LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn McCoy had a special season also last year, finished as the number four running back overall, 50 catches, 1,200 yards, uh, 1,600 all-purpose. So fantastic pick, still looking like Shady McCoy of old. But then here we go. It starts to get interesting with Melvin Gordon. The surprise from the, the sophomore season that a lot of people weren't expecting. I had a lot of Melvin Gordon somehow, some way last year. He was the he was kind of the only thing that made me look smart last year because last year was was a was a weird year for those uh, for those of us that draft a lot of wide receivers. Melvin Gordon came out of pretty much nowhere as an as a top pick the previous year in you know right there with Todd Gurley, but he didn't perform. Gurley did sophomore season that completely flipped. Gordon is the special stud, and now he's being drafted in the first round. What do you think about that? 250 carries, 40 catches. He's an all he's a, he's a very involved kind of guy, but it wasn't real special. It needed a lot of volume there to get those points. He did. Uh, you know, Gordon was one of my favorite picks last year, getting him in round eight. And um, in many drafts, I was yep. very pleased. Um, nice. I had him as a running back three in a league where I had Bell and Elliott. Mm-hmm. So um, I was very pleased. He's a, he's a solid pick, catches the ball. They didn't draft anyone to replace him, and there's no one really there in that offense to uh to take his place or to uh take away carries so um i like him if i got him in the first round i'd be a happy man yeah the 3.9 yards per carry is a little scary but uh with the volume that he's getting in an improving offense for philip rivers you gotta you gotta like it kurt thanks so much yep, for joining us man we really appreciate it sure. what else what else you got for the what's the parting words here for the uh the crew here well i hope the I hope the uh, guy here shows up to let me in my room because uh, it's pretty embarrassing out here. <laughs> no, slammers, the, 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 uh, the word is play, the word is the word is play FFWC. It's a fabulous format. It challenges you to draft deeply uh, and solidly, and it's uh, it's a fun format. So I'll be doing it all summer and all fall. Kirk Keek is one of the top players in the game. Good luck, buddy. Take care, bud. Bye bye. All right. Yep, that was Kurt Kikis, number four in this draft tonight. And we're going to bring on our special guest of the evening, the one and the only, Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance card. Get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. What's up? Dr. Roto, uh, I don't know if you've seen this draft. The first round is in the books. We were, we were leaving off right here at the 10 pick. A.J. Green falls to 10. Started off the season on fire last year. You started to think to yourself, why did I let him fall so far? And then, of course, uh, injuries take hold on A.J. Green, and, and you got to ask yourself, is, is this the same player? He started off with a 41-point week uh, against the Jets. That was pretty special. You know, I, I did a draft with Sean, our friend Sean Cruzen, and we took A.J. Green. He was honestly a top-five receiver for the first 10 weeks of the season, and oh, then yeah. he tears his hamstring. And it becomes a disaster. I mean, he's irreplaceable. And I think people are worried, 
oh, you know, there's John Ross, Tyler Eifert. I think all those – Joe Mixon, I think all those other players make Green even more effective because you can't double-team him anymore, right? You can't draw the safety to Green because Ross is out there. So I think Green is a sensational pick. Love it at number 10. Great job. Well, if, that, if you believe that, then you also believe that Deshaun Jackson helps that offense for Richard Mallon here and Mike Evans because he gets, an, he gets offensive additions, and, and the targets were very heavy last year. That's the only thing that I might be worried about, the regression of targets. Well, look, Mike Evans has one major problem. He's not the greatest ball catcher, right? But in terms of this guy was getting double and triple teamed at times last year. So, once again, same thing. You're right. Deshaun Jackson's presence – helps open up the field for Mike Evans in the middle to do his work, which is great and helps the running game. You've got O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait. So in best ball formats, I'm a huge fan of Deshaun Jackson this year. Yeah, A.J. Green, back to, uh, back to that pick at 10, uh, Sham, of, Sham of Cali. It's a solid pick. Uh, Sham Hanish knows what he's doing. He's been playing this stuff a long time. And A.J. Green, number one overall, you heard it from Dr. Roto, number one overall through the first eight weeks of the season hits the bye week, comes back, has another 20-point game, and then has the, uh, the, the hamstrings, hamstring injury, right? I mean, yeah, that, I mean, tore it. I mean, this, it's, you know, it, this wasn't one that it could just be gone for a week or two. I mean, this was a six- to eight-week job. And, you know, when you do it like that, yeah. you're never going to be back because even when you come back, you're not 100%. You're playing in cold weather in Cincinnati. It's never going to be perfect. So sorry to see that. I really am. But, uh, you know, look, it's a good year. It's a new year for him, a new lease on life. And I love the pick at number 10. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hammies do linger, though. It's Once you've heard it once, it's, it's, it's one of those injuries that continues to repeat itself because it's been hurt before. So I, uh, I'm, I'm still not scared of drafting A.J. Green whatsoever. Matter of fact, I feel safer than a, uh, about A.J. Green than – I could put him in my top in my top four wide receivers. I have no problem putting him up there uh, after Antonio and Odell. To be honest with you, he could be my number three wide receiver, and I wouldn't mind. Let's move to the eleven pick, Doc. Uh, Michael Thomas goes to Mr. Pink, Andrew Palermo. Mr. Pink uh, takes Michael Thomas after a breakout season, but this looks like his ceiling. You're drafting Michael Thomas at what he performed at, you know, what he's going to perform at this year. I mean that's there, there is nowhere for him to go but down from last year. Well, that's the problem. You're paying – you know, you, you, when you go to a car dealership, right, you're always looking for a discount. If it says yeah. 40000 on the sticker, you don't want to pay yeah. 40000 You want to pay thirty-seven. Right. So right. Michael right. Thomas here, yes, he's a, he's a great player, but you are paying up for him. He better give you the year that you expect at the 11th pick. Do I hate it? No, I don't hate it at all. But I think that that's the problem when, when, when you invest in a guy like Michael Thomas at 11. Would I like him more at 14? Yes, I'd like him more at 14. But, look, it's not a bad play either way. Well, no, because he, he finished uh, in the top seven or eight last year, right? So when you're, when you're finishing there, uh, and, and, and that's where you, uh, you, you lose cooks and all those targets, now you're going to be counted on even more. The only question I have is, how do, what does that do to the defensive coverage that you're going to see this year versus what you saw last year? You kind of flew under the radar last year for the most part. Defenses couldn't really stop you because they had to pick their poison there. They had Cooks or Thomas on the field. Now all of that coverage, that defensive pressure from that defensive coordinator says, we're stopping Michael Thomas this year. It's his sophomore season. It, it, it just really feels like there's no place to go but down. And, and, and I can't fault it either. I, I'm, just, I'm just worried that there may be some sort of regression here that, that is probably expected. And 
and you have a safe pick like a T.Y. Hilton, uh, it, it would be it may, maybe that was the right pick there. It, well, look, here's the deal. So last year you had Cooks, you had Snead, and you had Thomas. Yeah. This year you've got Thomas, Snead, and now you've got Ted Ginn. Ted Ginn is a really important player in the same way that John Ross is, in the same way that Deshaun Jackson is. He opens up that offense because he's going on that, on that go route, right? He's going straight down that field, and Drew Brees will go for him. That helps Thomas. You've got Peterson there. You've got, you know, um, Mark Ingram there. You've got another year of Kobe Fleener there. So I think Thomas gets his 85 to 90 catches. I really do. But, I mean, once again in the first round, do I hate that pick? No. Would I have probably taken Jordy Nelson at 11? Yes, but I can't blame somebody from taking Michael Thomas. Yeah, and, and look, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. But, but I do think that there's, there are concerns with Jordy Nelson. Just age being a factor, one. And it, I, I don't know where that ceiling is going to be and where that age is going to start to show up. But it's going to show up eventually. So I don't, I don't mind any of those picks, actually. It's just going to be curious to watch how it unfolds because again, you're taking him at where it's sort of like reaching up against the, the, you know, what he can do, or maybe he can do a lot more because that was just his first year. Pretty darn impressive. Let's move on to the 12 pick. Jerry Bryant takes Jordy Nelson, the aforementioned, we just uh, talked about it. He's got Aaron Rodgers, uh, doc. And you've got, when you've got the best quarterback in the game, when you look at the top receivers in the game, it's no surprise that the, that usually the top quarterbacks in the game are throwing to him. Look, there's nothing I don't like about Jordy Nelson. Plays on a, on a prolific offense with arguably the best quarterback in the game today by far. You know, I mean, maybe Tom Brady, I'll give you some credit there, but Rodgers is phenomenal. You can't go wrong with Jordy Nelson. And when you're picking at 12, I think the guy who picked here, I think Texas Heat did a really good job of getting – sometimes you want to start – I like starting two receivers. But, look, Freeman is almost like a receiver. He's that, he's that good out of the backfield. But you're solidifying your team with Nelson. You're getting yourself a good player with Freeman. Would I have taken a Jai? I might have because I really like his upside this year. But I have no problem with those picks. I think it was a very good start. Devontae Freeman surprised a lot of people in 2015, 73 catches, 14 touchdowns, over 1,500 yards uh, combined rushing and receiving. Comes back this year with a more of a timeshare situation, and he still puts it up and improves on his receptions. 54 receptions, still 13 touchdowns. Looked as dangerous as ever out on the field. I don't, matter of fact, as far as imposing running backs that just look like they have that LaShawn McCoy type of move, Devontae Freeman has it, right? He, there is nothing wrong with taking Devontae Freeman in the first round. Do you agree? Oh, I have no problem with that. You know what's even so great about Freeman? You can't tackle him at the goal line because you can't yeah. find him. By the yeah, time yeah, you yeah. find him, he's darted in from the two-yard line. He's actually really good goal line back. So, look, a lot of people are worried about Tevin Coleman. I'm yeah. not one of those people, and I'll tell you why. Brian Hill was a very good college running back. He scored a bunch of touchdowns at Wyoming. So ask yourself this question. If they were so happy, if they were so happy, and I know you said, here we go, because Martavis Bryan was just taken. But if you thought, if you think that, I mean, <laughs> if, if you were so happy with Coleman, why would you need to take Hill? You may not have taken him. So I think Freeman is guaranteed to keep that job, keep doing what he's doing there. I love him this, this year. Uh, well, that is the end of the first round there with Devontae Freeman and, uh, or, or he, he's at that turn. We're going to break down the second round with Dr. Roto for the next segment. You can stick around for one more segment. Sure. Of course. All right. We'll be right back with Dr. Roto breaking down the second round of the scout fantasy online championship. 
This is Dr. Roto from ScoutFantasy.com, and my goal is to help you win your fantasy football league. Scout Fantasy has the most accurate player projections and rankings that come from real winners, not celebrity personalities who've never won a dime playing fantasy football. So I want you to come check out what we do at ScoutFantasy.com. Start your road to a fantasy football championship with Scout Fantasy. Scout Fantasy, where the best players play. All right, everybody, we're back. We've got uh, the second round here of the Scout Fantasy Online Championship. This is the red versus blue pick-by-pick commentary draft. If you want to get involved, you can go to playffwc.com. Leagues are happening every night. From tonight on, this is it. This is the kickoff. We slowed things down for the month of June. Things started to pick up in July. We've made it. We've done it that way Uh, uh, by our decision, by our choice here. We want you to get revved up, get ready to go, and uh, the draft's it's, it's every night here from now on till kickoff when we're out in Las Vegas at the Palms. We've been talking about it all week. Doc, I heard you have the guest John Gray on from the Palms, the general manager of the Palms Hotel and Casino. And what they have in store for the players this year seems pretty special to, to us. The experience is going to be controlled from the minute you walk in till the minute you leave. And uh, the suites, it's going to be it's going to be a really fun time. Scott, I could not be more excited. I really couldn't be. I mean, we've been doing this together for a lot of years now. I mean, yeah. we had the Mirage, we had Valleys, you know, we had the Tropicana, but doing it as sweets in the Palms yeah. in Vegas, yeah. I mean, this, is, this has got to be the highlight. So, you know, if there was ever a time to come out and join us, I couldn't be more excited about the way we're drafting. You know, I like the fact that we're not on the strip because we're all together, we're hanging out. And I think that sometimes yeah. happens that, you know, we lose the camaraderie after the draft is over. Everybody's going out here. We're yeah. still together. We're hanging out at the Palms. It should be a great experience. I highly recommend it to everybody who's listening who wants to come. You know, one thing that John Gray mentioned while he was on your SiriusXM show the other day, he mentioned, and, and I never even thought about it, but he said, you're closer. You're in the middle, the exact 50-yard line. He called it the 50-yard line of the strip at the Palms. He said, you are actually closer at the Palms to every other hotel than you could be at being on the end, like we were at the Tropicana last year, or at, you know up north of, of the the northern part of the Strip, like you know uh, up there at uh, the, uh, uh, the the northern part. Uh, I'm trying to think of the the, the hotel that the Stratosphere uh, or something that. like that. Yeah, yeah, when all, he, all when those up there. Said- yeah, when he said that, I couldn't believe it. I was like, you know what? He's so right. Because yeah. when you're at the Trop and you want yeah. to get all the way to the Venetian, it's like yeah. 10 hours to walk that way because there's a million people on the Strip. So the way he said it like that was so true. You know, I, I really appreciated that because a lot of people, well, it's not on the Strip. You're kind of, yeah. what are you, two minutes from the Strip? So look, yeah. you're in Las you're Vegas. Like you're drafting the Fantasy Football World Championships. Come on. Yeah, you're like four minutes. And to think we could have picked the Palms last year. It was down. They were they were the, the one of the final two choices we had. Remember, it was Palms to Tropicana. We were like, hey, let's keep it up here on uh, by the MGM. There's a lot going on at MGM. Let's keep it at Tropicana. Let's go to Tropicana. But we I know we I, I know I voted for the Palms. I know I, I voted for the Palms last year. That's all I can tell you. I remember. All right, let's get it. Let's get it going. Second round is here. Mr. Pink. We we already saw Devontae Freeman was taken by uh, by Jerry Bryant. He has a nice combo with Jordy and Devontae. Nothing wrong with that. Andrew Palermo at the 11 hole comes back after Michael Thomas and takes Jay Ajayi. Another risk. It's a little bit of a risk here. It's another second year back. Uh, Has two years of experience now. Uh, The first year didn't do much. Second year, this is third year actually, 
uh, second year comes out of really nowhere in the second half of the season, gets the job, takes it, and runs with it. What are your concerns about Jay Ajayi? They've been well-documented, talking about the carries, the big games, the up-and-down type of season. What, what, are your, what are your concerns with Jay Ajayi? I have very few concerns. Now, look, hmm. if I'm playing in a dynasty league, am I worried about maybe his bone-on-bone knee issues five years down the road? Sure. Mm-hmm. If I'm playing yeah. in a fantasy football league this year, I'm drafting him gleefully. This guy is going to get fed the ball. Yep. He was a beast last year. Adam yep. Gase for, lost his yep. mind the first four or five weeks of the season. Right. We saw when the Dolphins' offensive line played well, Ajayi was, was unstoppable. I think Ajayi, when we get to Vegas, Scott, I'm convinced that he will be a, for a late first-round pick, whether it's number 11 or number 12. I think that there will be enough hype on him that he'll, he jumps to the first round. I thought it was an outstanding pick in the second round. You know, we have the luxury of having drafts uh, in the month of May. And if you look at his drafts in the month of May, J.H.I. was going in the middle of the third round, early to mid-third round, and somehow, some way, I don't know if it was the Adam Gase news, uh, just talking about how he wants to feed him the ball, whatever it was, somehow, some way, his stock just started to rise, like every single night that we were drafting. Uh, he's RB, he's uh, overall pick 15 in, over, in regular formats. And in our format, uh, he's even uh, – actually, it hasn't been updated. Our, our, our past ADP on him was 26. I know it's, I know it's higher than that for a fact. Uh, so it's somewhere around that 15 to 16 range. You're starting to see a guy go. So it's no surprise that he's taken. I am a little worried about the up-and-down nature of it. If you look at the last eight games, I remember getting into a, a little bit of a, of, of a Twitter spat with, with somebody that we were, I was having a conversation about a guy and, and I'm just a little worried about the, the up and down nature of, of what he brought to the table in the second half of the season. There were only two startable games really if, that you were but really that, happy. But I about. don't really, honestly, I don't think it was his fault. I really believe that, that look, Tannehill was hurt. Uh, the offensive line was a mess. I think there were a lot of things going on. They had no tight end production. So I think it was asking for a lot. I really do. I think it was asking for a lot there. And I wouldn't be so worried about it. I think that he's going to have a really top-notch year, and I'm a, a big fan. And, uh, look, had I been in this draft, I would have taken him probably. I would have gone pick 12. I would have gone Ajayi and Freeman, and I would have taken my shot. You would have felt pretty good with Ajayi Freeman. But here was my stat that I read off. Uh, eight of the last nine games, he failed to reach 80 yards rushing. That was the – that was the stat. And, and, it, and, and again, that Buffalo game sticks out like a, both of his Buffalo games, he pounded them for 200 yards. Okay. So he plays Buffalo. He's going to get them right. He did it to Pittsburgh too. In that, in that game, uh, that shootout. Uh, but in, in both the Buffalo games, he posted 200 for eight of the last nine. He didn't even rush for 80 yards. That's a little bit of a concern, but Hey, coming off of an injury, good special year, breakout year for Jay Ajay and, and the sky's the limit. Let's keep it going. Shane McCallie goes two wide receivers. Actually, he's went three, so let's go ahead and push it into the third round like we like to do now. Shan McCallie from the 10-hole takes A.J. Green, T.Y. Hilton, Mar Tavis Bryant. Uh, now, we talked about the three wide receiver start, Doc. Last year, it didn't work. It did not work across the board. If you didn't get a running back in the top three, you weren't winning your, 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 your online championship league. Well, that, that's true, but that's because of John, you know, Johnson, Bell, and, and Elliott were so special. I mean, they right. really were. Do I dislike what he did? No. I think Brian here was a very aggressive pick. 
probably not one I would have made. I much would have rather Brian in the fourth round on the way back than in the third round. But look, here's my thought when you draft. Yeah. You want to win a league, you've got to be aggressive. You think Brian's going to have the breakout year, you better, you better do it because there's five of the guys in the, in the table, in the room, who are thinking the same thing. So you can't play around when you draft high stakes because people don't make mistakes or they go up and they get their players. So would I have taken Bryant there? I think it's a little too early, but you know what? If you believe in a player, you got to move him. But I think green and Hilton and Bryant, I mean, it's a good start. Okay. He takes Martavis Bryant at wide receiver 22. Uh, going to our rankings at scout fantasy. We have our consensus rankings. We have everybody's up. Uh, you are not as high on Martavis. You you haven't. You're up there though. He's he's at 33 in your last updated. Maybe you haven't updated in the last week. Uh, Adam has him at 29. I have him. Uh, actually, Sean has him bumped up now to wide receiver 15 overall. Uh, I'm sure we're going to talk to Sean about that when he gets on. And then I have him at wide receiver 19. So it's right about where I, I'm, I would be thrilled to get him there. And look, if he didn't take him, you're right. There's four more wide receivers are gone by the time it gets back to him. Golden Tate, Edelman, Sneed, and Keenan Allen. I'd be interested to find out if any of those guys would have taken Martavis Bryant there at 22. Right before him, Sammy Watkins goes, Doc, and let's talk about this because Philip Partridge, great player, listens to the show, listens to your show on SiriusXM Fantasy, truck driver. Uh, so, you know, you're, 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 a big, you're, you're big with the truck driver, Doc. You know that, right? You're, you're, you're big with the, <laughs> with very popular. I know, I know. And the truck drivers. Uh, but he starts off his draft, Melvin Gordon, Jordan Howard. Sammy Watkins at the at wide receiver, uh, his wide receiver one in the third round, and then Tom Brady. Let's talk about Sammy Watkins this year. It hasn't went the way you hoped if you were a Sammy Watkins dynasty owner, but it seems like this is the year that he's healthy. He's ready to go. He hasn't had any setbacks that we know of, and this is his chance to, to really jump on the scene now. Well, okay, so let me break this team down. First of all, I love the Gordon Howard start. I think it's oh, a sick. very That's aggressive, sick. good start, yeah. and it's solid yeah. as a rock. Love it. Watkins is, look, I don't like what Buffalo did. I think they should have picked up his fifth-year option. But they were tired of him. They're tired of the fact that he's not playing. They're tired of the fact that he's, that he's always injured. They're tired of the fact that he produces, you know, inconsistently. I get it. They wanted to make him earn his money. But when you have foot issues and you're in Buffalo and it's minus 12 degrees, it's not easy to come back. Sammy is a great player, and he loves to play football. Like I said, I, he's from down here in Fort Myers. His aunt is my bank teller. So I, every time I see her, she's like, Sammy really loves playing. He, he wants to succeed. You know, he's a great kid. The yeah. problem is he's got a, an iffy quarterback. He's got nobody else helping him. Charles Clay and Zay Jones, it's not much help. All, every, all, the weight of the world is on Sammy Watkins. I, look, he's a roto child, and I love him as a player. But I, I think it's a good pick here where he took him. But I don't. I mean, it's not a pick that I feel confident about. Well, at that point, again, like you said, it's wide receiver twenty-one. Most of those stud, solid, no-brainer picks are off the board, including Devontae Adams, who we'll talk about later too. Uh, but let's go back to Jordan Howard before I let you go, Doc. Jordan Howard was a monster last season. I don't think we, any of us, were really prepared to see what we saw out of him. In the second half of the season, it was it was night and day from what we saw uh, and what we expected from guys like Todd Gurley. And Jordan Howard comes out of nowhere and just beasts on kids. 1,300 yards, 29 receptions. So he's doing it in both facets of the field. And a lot of people were drafting Jeremy Langford to get some production, but there's no way they're going to get 
powered off the field when he's averaging 5.2 yards per carry behind a pretty good offensive line in Chicago. Well, look, what does it tell you when John Fox loves committees, right? In Carolina, he was the king of the Angelo Williams and Jonathan. That's Stewart. right. Yep. But Jordan Howard was so good, he abandoned the committee, right? Yeah. So that's how great this kid is. He is yeah. a, he's a bulldozer. He's the perfect guy in Chicago. There's only yeah. one hiccup. He's yeah. not a natural ball catcher out of the backfield. He had mm. eye surgery over the, mm. over the offseason. He wants to be a ball catcher, but they drafted this kid, Tariq Cohen. They brought in Benny Cunningham. So they're hedging their bet. If Howard can catch the ball, he's going to be a three-down back. If he doesn't, they'll take him out on third downs, and he'll still get 1,000 yards rushing, and he'll get a dozen touchdowns. So either way, I think the upside for Howard is a first-round talent because if he's catching 40 passes, he's a first-round player. Man, I think Jordan Howard could get you 300 carries this year. And even if he sees a little bit of a regression uh, at, um, at his yards per carry, which, look, I don't expect 5.2 yards per carry uh, every year, especially now that the defenses are like, we got to stop this guy, and you've got questions at quarterback. Do you, do you fear any type of move to treat the de- for the defenses to treat the Bears and Jordan Howard, like they did Todd Gurley, where they stacked eight in the box and they said, we're going to play your receivers man-to-man. Can that happen to Chicago this year with questions on the outside with those wide receivers? It's possible, but Kevin White is a separator. He has never been healthy except for four games last year when he had 36 targets. 36 targets in four weeks. He does have potential. Cameron Meredith showed what he could do, right? So they have Marcus Wheaton, who they brought in from Pittsburgh. Uh, They've got, you know, uh, Deion Sims. They have Zach Miller. They have guys there now. Mike Lennon doesn't suck. So I'm thinking here that they may try the eight-man in the box, but if Mike Lennon plays well, they'll have to abandon that quickly. So it's a good point. I'm, I'm watching to see it. But I think if Kevin White has a good year, they won't be able to do it. Dr. Roto, you know where you can hear him uh, for the rest of July anyway, 10 to 11 Eastern on Sirius XM Fantasy. And, Doc, uh, I don't have to tell the listeners here. They know where to find you here at ScoutFantasy.com. Promo code Roto. Oh, yeah, that's right. Promo code Roto. Pay for one month. Get two more for free. I'm in the premium message boards answering your question. I love yeah. football time, and I can't wait to see everybody out there in Vegas. Be well, guys, and take care. All right, Dr. Roto and the Beat Dr. Roto League in Vegas still has a couple of spots left. Uh, You two can take on Doc and prove uh, that you are uh, right there with him. Look, he he wins the Beat Dr. Roto League. He won the Beat Dr. Roto playoff contest. He has some pretty good skills. I mean, I haven't ever had to face him in a league, and he's lucky about that. But um, uh, there there are some spots still open. It's the Friday night, 7 p.m. in Vegas. Friday night, 7 p.m., the Beat Dr. Roto. You go to playffwc.com and you can uh, sign up. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, one of the smartest guys in all of fantasy sports joins us right after the break. Hey, everybody, Adam Ron is here to let you know that the fifth annual Dynasty Football World Championships are back. That's right. We're taking Dynasty Leagues to the next level. Cost is $299 to play, over $2,400 in league prizes with a $10,000 grand prize. Grab a startup or adopt an orphan at a discount. Each year, you keep your entire team and add to your team through an annual six-round rookie draft. Visit DynastyKing.com to jump in and take your shot at becoming the next Dynasty King. Visit DynastyKing.com for more info. That's DynastyKing.com. Back here on Red versus Blue. This is the pick-by-pick commentary draft 
And we're already in the uh, sixth round. These guys are flying. Uh, they're making up good time. I want to read off to you the rest of that second round so you have it at home. Uh, we left off with, well, we'll start back at the beginning. Devontae Freeman to Texas Heat, Jay Ajayi to Mr. Pink, T.Y. Hilton, Sham Hanish with the 2-3. At 2-4, Jordan Howard, the monster. I love that guy. I think at 2-4, I, I see it as a no-brainer pick. 2-5, DeMarco Murray goes to Bada Bing with Jim Scarnati. So he has a McCoy, DeMarco Murray uh, start, an RB2 start. A little bit of concern that you're going to see some regression with DeMarco in that offense, especially with the kid that he has behind him in Derrick Henry. He looks uh, like a monster as well. And the offense is improving. It should open up some things for DeMarco, actually. So no, no doubt about it, he is, a, he is a stud player. Des Bryant shows up to Richard Mallon and Mallon's Invaders. He starts with Evans and Bryant. I love that start. Des Bryant at wide receiver nine. Uh, wide receiver 10 is next to Evil Empire. Dougie B, Doug Baldwin, pairs up with Julio Jones there for Evil Empire, Anthony Vargas. It's a good start. Odell Beckham was the first pick for Harry Mary Monks, Christian Brommel. In his second pick, he takes DeAndre Hopkins at 11. Now, that is a, a little dicey for me personally just because of what DeAndre Hopkins – look, we saw what he did his, his, the, the year prior. He played well with every quarterback, no matter what you threw. So I think last year, the, what, what he had happened to him was the Osweiler effect, right? Osweiler can ruin any great wide receiver, and that's what happened. So Tom Savage uh, or Deshaun Watson, one of those two guys is going to be the quarterback in Houston, and we'll find out what DeAndre Hopkins does with that combo. But I don't think it'll be as bad as it was last year. Uh, Sedona Slammers, Kurt Keek is one of the top players in the world. Starts with Ezekiel Elliott. He had him drop to four. Amari Cooper is next. I'm going to bring on my guest right now. We said it's one of the smartest men in the fantasy industry. Our rain man, Sean Childs. Sean, good evening, man. How's it going? Good. How are you doing tonight? Good, man. It's good to hear from you. Let me ask you a question. Kurt Keek has got Ezekiel Elliott at four. Are you surprised that the hint uh, suspension here, the Adam Schefter interview, the, the tweet, are you surprised that that actually had an impact and, and where would you take Ezekiel Elliott? Um, I, I guess it's, you know, he, he was a great player last year and I mean, we before we draft live in the, the high stakes, we'll have a little more time to see if he does get suspended for one or two or three games or even four or whatever, but, uh, you know, he, he you know, it's almost like uh, Bell last year, even though he missed three games, he still put up great numbers and I think Elliott would get better in his second year, so I mean, you take the elite back when you can get them, and hope you, hopefully you can get some coverage later on in the draft. So, I mean, Brown's a great player. Uh, maybe Beckham in front of him. But, you know, in that area, he's still going to go, even if he, you know, gets suspended for a game or two. Yeah, so Kirk takes Ezekiel Elliott at four. I'm sure he's happy about that. We had him on earlier in the show. Amari Cooper goes at wide receiver 12. You know, I've heard I've heard some buzz about Amari Cooper and that, that, that people weren't happy about the season that he put up last year. And do you think that's just a case, Sean, that everybody has their expectations set a little too high for Amari Cooper? Because last year, he finished wide receiver 14. I don't see anything wrong with a wide receiver 14 finish. Matter of fact, I saw some touchdown numbers, too, that suggested that there were just a couple of balls that didn't go his way in the end zone, and he didn't get as many looks as Crabtree in the end zone. Talk about what you've learned there, what you've seen about Amari Cooper, and are you? what did you think about last season? Yeah, I mean, he... I mean, obviously, two years ago he was hurt in the in the second half, and he was you know kind of dis, was uh, disappointing, didn't do much. Last year, he seemed like he was going to be 
you know, have that breakthrough. He was getting a lot of traction, you know, kind of in that same area that he, you know, he had that he's getting drafted now. Um, but you know, really in the second half of the year, I mean, he had, you know, less than 60 yards receiving in like seven of his last eight games or something like that. Just crazy uh, to see that such a great player can just be kind of boring in the, you know, over the second half of the year. But I, I guess I was thinking of it as, you know, in the off season about him a little bit before I started doing the writing is that, you know, maybe he's more of a, you know, a, more of the little, you know, he gets, he gets, he can get volume and catches at times, but he's more of a big play guy, not, you know, uh, Julio Jones type where, you know, commands, you know, a ton of, ton of passes every game and a ton of targets and, He's going to score more touchdowns. He just needs to prove that he can do, you know, all three score in all three areas of the game. And he's kind of like, um, you know, defenses seem like they can take him away at times. And in close, he doesn't, you know, score a lot of touchdowns as as many as you think. And you know, even the way that Oakland ran the offense, kind of close. They tried to run the ball, you know, a decent amount of times in the red zone. So, um, you know, this is his third year, and he could have a breakthrough. And he definitely has the talent based on, you know, two good years. Like you said, when you look look at the final numbers. Like who's complaining? But you know, when you try to win money at the end of the year and he's coming up flat, you, you know he 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 didn't help you win. Yeah, you're right about that. Sean Childs here with us. Uh, week twelve, six points. Week thirteen, four thirteen point nine. Week fourteen, seven point nine. Week fifteen, three point eight. He's not helping you win. You're absolutely right. It's uh, it, it over the long haul. He got it done for you. He had several twenty five point games. He had a thirty five point game. Uh, but there were just some misses there that just didn't make it the type of season we thought he could have. And there's Michael Crabtree, who's getting the second-tier coverage from the defenses. And David Carr seems to have some really good chemistry right out of the gate with Michael Crabtree. So it's not uh, – I don't see much about that situation changing, really. They brought in some speed this year that, to, to kind of complement it with Corderell. And, uh, but it's pretty much the same team coming back. And you've got in the backfield Marshawn Lynch. That would seem to make things a little bit – easier on that entire offense. Let's keep it rolling in the second round, Sean. Brandon Cook's new environment with Tom Brady throwing him the ball at wide receiver 13 for the tickler here. And he starts off Antonio Brown, Brandon Cooks, Demarius Thomas, and Michael Crabtree, who we just talked about. But Brandon Cooks going to a new team, the concerns that I have for him have very little to do with where he went uh, or, or, or with who he has thrown to him. He had a great quarterback before. He has a great quarterback now. It's more about where he went. And I looked at some of the advanced stats that CBS Sports now has and the, 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 some of the inside stats that we have at CBS Fantasy, uh, our partner now. And they have some amazing statistics that talk about, that show you every single player, where they played and how they play, indoors, outdoor, cold weather, warm weather, by temperature. Brandon Cooks just hasn't played in the cold, man. How do you think he's going to do? A, a player like Brandon Cooks who's played well in the turf and well in the dome, but hasn't yet played in the elements, in the weather, in Foxborough, the weeks that you're going to need him the most. How do you think he's going to do in that? Yeah, but I mean, I mean, you'd have to probably, you know, the last couple of years. I mean, how many games has he really played in the cold weather? And you know, you know, even None. the Saints. <laughs> yeah, and but even the Saints, you know, they um, you know, they don't play play as well on the road. They're definitely a better team at home. So you know, he's a football player. He can catch. He's got talent. You know, I, I think he's got, you know, the, I, the, the weather's the least of my uh, issues with him, you know. Well, I know you uh, you, you have not uh, – you, you do think a lot of him. Brandon Cooks, you have him ranked as your 18th wide receiver. Uh, you're, you're taking a couple of wide receivers like Allen Robinson uh, in your rankings anyway. Uh, Dougie Baldwin, of course. 
uh, and you have Emmanuel Sanders as one of your surprise picks here. Emmanuel Sanders and Moncrief, Dante Moncrief above Amari Cooper. Now, that doesn't mean you'll necessarily draft them there. That just means that you think by the end of the year, you think those guys are going to have some, some, some better seasons at the top, right? You, you, you would still take him there and maybe try to get them too as well. Yeah, I mean, in the early rankings were more eyeballing, and, you know, obviously I, I've gone through all the teams, I've done all the research, I've done the projections, and I would think that my, you know, new updated thing would, would, would be a lot more relative, relevant to what, you know, is going on. Like you said, Moncrief and Sanders, you know, they, Sanders is in Denver, and there's only really one other person going to get a lot of targets, and he, he kind of gets overlooked, kind of like Golden Gate did last year, you know, but... Uh, you know, you get him at a value, and uh, Moncrief, you know, plays for a great offense, and he just needs to uh, stay healthy and, uh, and you know, get get a little more volume of catches, but he's definitely capable. Sean Childs writes all of the team outlooks at Scout Fantasy, every single player, every single position, and one of the highlights uh, of your content that I particularly enjoy is the are the player breakdowns every single week of the season. Uh, they're great for DraftKings and FanDuel. They're color-coded. They show you the value based on the prices that they have. And it's just one of those things that we count on every single week. It's like I rely on the, the write-up and the breakdown of each player uh, every single week, every fantasy-relevant player. Sean gives his opinion on that specific matchup and the current trends that are going on with the player. It's one of the things that uh, you you got to have, and it's one of the perks that are reserved for Scout Fantasy members. Uh, Canadian geese at the uh, two-hole. Started with Le'Veon Bell. You can't take blame that. And, and goes with Rob Gronkowski, the first tight end off the board at the 211 pick. Now, I just want to say one thing, Sean. I have Rob Gronkowski uh, in my rankings as the number two tight end. I, I'm one of only two people that, that took Gronk or took Travis Kelsey over Gronk. But, but can I just tell you that I will not draft Rob Gronkowski on any team and still have him ranked number two? Does that make sense? We, can you rationalize that for a second? I have him number two, but he is on my do not draft list. I will not draft him, and I'll tell you why, but has that ever happened to you where you'll, you'll rank a player that high, but you won't take him? Yeah, I mean, I would think that last year um, Jordan Reed, you know, had a great season, and he was ranked pretty high, and I thought that, you know, um, his projections would be high. I just thought he had that concussion uh, risk and, uh, you know, injury risk. I kind of, you know, because he gets drafted so high, I would never own him on a team. In the case of Gronk, I mean, I guess he falls in that same category where everybody's kind of, you know, afraid of his injury risk. But the difference between Gronk, I, you know, I think that he's, you know, the two seasons before, even though he missed a couple of games, he still had 1,100 yards and double-digit touchdowns, and he can right. score. And if you're trying to win an overall championship and if you're playing a, a lot of teams and maybe not at that position in the, you know, second round, but let's say he fell to you in the fourth round, and you got the other picks. I mean, he might be the home run swing that you didn't you, you didn't anticipate falling to you. So I think that it really t- depends on team development. Um, but you know, the risk is the risk is obviously a factor, but the upside is there as well. So he's a he's a tricky player because I know I have a friend of mine from back home, Jeff, that he wouldn't take uh, Gronkowski. He bitched about him all last year. He got him about that same area <laughs> and he killed his team. But you know, but that he had you know it is what it is. But he plays in there the right offense, but, you know, will, can he be there when you need him? By the way, have you seen Blaine Para? Have you drafted against him before? This is the second. he won. He's won the online championship here, the Red versus Blue League, two years in a row. 
So the odds in statistical, you're the stats guy, the, the odds of him winning it again, are they increased because he's won it two years? Like he's just smarter than the guys that normally fight? Or do you think the, the laws of averages would suggest that he's got a tough road ahead of him to go for the three-peat? What, what, what pick is he? He's the two. He's the two pick. He's yeah. See, you're looking at the picks. So he, pick. he put Le'Veon Bell and Rob Gronkowski. He's the two hole Canadian geese. Uh, Bell, Gronk, Adams, Fitz, Rogers in the fifth round. The first, actually, the second quarterback off the board after Tom Brady. Mark Ingram and Adrian Peterson. He takes the Saints combo in round six or seven. That's fascinating. Yeah, so he, yeah, I mean, obviously, if you win it two years in a row and then you get a top two pick, you got to feel pretty confident about that. You start out of the gate. But I would say maybe the uh, wide receivers didn't flow like you wanted and maybe Gronk was, a, you know, kind of a force. And, you know, is Adams going to be – I mean, yeah. I would say right now I'll, I'll take team three over team two and I'll, I'll take him out of the gate just because I like, you know, the uh, yellow sticker structure out of the gate better. <laughs> but, you know, he still he, – he still has to get out at running back, but when you look at this other team at team two, he obviously has an edge at right wide receiver. I mean, running back one and a tight end, but yep. he covered one running back position with two players, you know, and, and the other team, you know, has four, four or five good receivers, and then he still has to find his RB2 and obviously, you know, a couple other guys to cover for bye weeks and, you know, the flex position and all that. So, yeah. but, uh, you know, it's interesting, you know, it, it, whenever we draft that we can like all the players we want, but they're really kind of names and, it's really the stats that win it and, you know, who's going to be productive and who's going to stay healthy. Absolutely. Sean Childs, uh, our resident rain man, uh, breaks down all of the rankings, all of the projections, the team outlook does the heavy lifting for us at Scout Fancy. Thanks for coming on and, and being a part of uh, the red versus blue show, man. Really appreciate it. All right. Good luck tonight. All right. Thanks my man. Sean Childs, you know where to find him at scoutfantasy.com. And finishing up the second round, Viva Las Vegas. We uh, we we looked. Oh, I didn't I didn't make my point. I want to go back before we go to um, Mark Salinas's uh, first pick there, the last pick of the second round, and Todd Gurley. I want to talk about Rob Gronkowski for a second. The reason why I won't draft him, it isn't because I, I, I I'm predicting injuries. I'm not in the injury prediction business, like I've said that before. But the way they use him, he's willing. And he's a beast, right? He's willing to be a decoy even when he is hurt. That's the worst case scenario for you as a fantasy drafter who's counting on the injury report. When the injury report says you're going lot, you're in the game and you are not out, you're you're playing and you're active, you're Gronk's in your lineup. And last year it repeatedly burned you because he was an obvious decoy. He was not out there running his routes. He was out there blocking and, and doing his thing, just being on the field because you have to – the defense has to respect you. And when you can play through an injury and be on the field and just be a decoy, it is the absolutely worst thing for a fantasy owner. So it really frustrates me. Look, I hope Blaine, when he's, when he's out there, he plays for you because he can get you 20, 25, 30 points a game when he's out there. Uh, but if he's injured and dinged up, that decoy factor, no other player plays as much as a decoy as Rob Gronk. Now, if, if he's out there, please tell me who it is so I can avoid them too. Uh, I don't. I don't know of any other player that plays like a decoy like Rob Gronkowski. So I, he is on my do not draft list, and and I'll let him fall to somebody else because I just won't take him. Uh, moving on to Marcelinus again. Starts off the draft with David Johnson. You love it. Todd Gurley at two twelve. It can't get any worse for Todd Gurley last year, right? He was my number one rated court running back last year, and then I finally dropped him 
to two behind David Johnson when I saw David Johnson in the preseason. But Gurley, it, it, it can't get much worse. But he was an RB2 last year. You may not feel like it that he was, but he was still RB19. So RB19, he still had some good games. He didn't start off strong. But he, look, he's got a 21-point game, 13, 19, 13, 15, 13, 13, 17. I mean, that's not – that's respectable. It's just not what we had hoped for. He still went for over 1,200 yards. Uh, his yards per carry wasn't good. They really attacked the box. He didn't – he's not catching the ball as much as we'd like, but 43 catches is nothing to sneeze at. And they've made improvements to the offensive line. I still don't think the wide receiver weapons are enough to – make you dangerous. Robert Woods is not going to scare defenders. Tavon Austin still out there. Uh, Robert Woods makes a better number one than Tavon Austin. Uh, but that, the offense still has a long way to go. And Jared Goff, look, that was, that's, the, that's the rookie learning curve there for Goff. And, and let's hope that things get better. But I do like Todd Gurley for a little bit of a recovery. Still very difficult for me to draft, especially if I already have David Johnson on the board. But I, I respect it. You know, there, there's other wide receivers there, especially in our format. The start 11 players, the 11-man starting lineup is pretty important uh, in the FFWC. The reason why we did that was so that you could flex your muscles while other people tend to struggle to put a lineup together. Look, I said it uh, earlier today when I was on SiriusXM with Adam Ronis. I said, look, when you're trying to field that 11-man lineup, a lot of your players on your roster that you're drafting tonight, you're going to have the bye weeks, you're going to have injuries. And half of the players that you're drafting and you're looking at right now are going to flat out suck. They're going to have a bad season. It's just the truth and reality of the situation. You're, you're looking at your draft right now and you're like, I love my team. I love these guys. I think they're all going to be great. Half of them are going to suck. Half of them. You're through eight rounds right now. Four of these guys are going to suck. They're going to have terrible, terrible years. And you're going to look back on your draft board and you're going to be like, gosh, this is puke, right? It's just the reality. And so having those backup answers to your, your, back, your, your problems in your first eight rounds are going to be so important for you in these middle rounds. So the eight rounds, that's just the foundation. Half of them are going to be good. You've got four. You're, you still need another five players to complement your kicker and your defense that you're going to start here at the end. You still need another five solid picks between rounds nine and rounds 14 or rounds 15. You need to nail five of these next seven picks. Five of these picks have to be producers for you. They can't be goose eggs, okay? They can't be goose eggs. Now, you can take a couple of insurance policies here. Just don't get too insurance happy because when you do, you, you will not be able to have that 11-man uh, that lineup that you're looking for. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with one of the former fantasy football world championships, uh, one of the champs right after this. This is Dr. Roto from ScoutFantasy.com, and my goal is to help you win your fantasy football league. Scout Fantasy has the most accurate player projections and rankings that come from real winners, not celebrity personalities who've never won a dime playing fantasy football. So I want you to come check out what we do at ScoutFantasy.com. Start your road to a fantasy football championship with Scout Fantasy. Scout Fantasy, where the best players play. All right, we're back. Red versus blue. Uh, you know, maybe we'll get a little uh, call in from, uh, the, you know, the... The Mike P's for she's we, you know, it's not really red versus blue unless you have a, have a, at least an appearance from, from Michael Trent, right? We haven't, uh, we haven't gotten that yet. We're about our first hour is in the books. Mikey works now a totally different schedule. He runs a bar down at, uh, at Tina's uh, and Brandenburg, Kentucky, right? And he runs the bar. It's a hopping and happening place on Friday nights. Everybody wants to go there. 
and hang out. Uh, if you're ever in Brandenburg, Kentucky, definitely have to do it. But look, this is the Scout Fantasy Online Championship, the pick-by-pick commentary draft. We do have uh, a couple of other guests later on in the evening. Uh, Adam Rodas is going to join us later in the program. The executive, the fantasy executive is back. Corey Parson, he'll be with us. And uh, one of the former world champs said that they'd be calling us up tonight. It looks like he is already in the switchboard. We're going to pull him in right now. One of the former fantasy football world champs is with us. Which one is it? Glenoration X. What's going on, Glenn? How you doing, buddy? All right. We've got you on the draft board. We got you uh, looking here at the third round. We start off the draft with Jarvis Landry in the third round at wide receiver 14. There's a couple of other receivers on the board here. Devontae Adams, Demarius Thomas. What do you think about Jarvis Landry at that 3-1 hole if you're Viva Las Vegas? I, I I don't mind it too much. Uh, I, I mean, Jarvis Landry, year after year, he gets his 100 catches. He puts up yardage. He gets uh, the occasional touchdown. He just basically puts up points. He's pretty steady. Right. You know what you're getting. And, um, you know, with, with his David Johnson, Todd Gurley start, he probably needed to go wide receiver there. And uh, getting a steady one rather than a boom bust is probably the way I would have gone also. Yeah, wide receiver 11 last year, 94 catches, 1,100 yards. Like you said, not a lot of touchdowns, only four of them. But I don't think that's his fault. I think he has the ability to score all day long, 130 receiving targets. Do you see that number going up, down, or about the same last year? Because everybody's talking about everybody else on the roster. Devontae Parker's going to be better, and Kenny Stills looks good, and and this Leontay Carew should be contributing this year. Everybody's talking about everybody. And Julius Thomas is supposed to be good, right? What does that do to Jarvis Landry? About the same or? I say the, about the same. I, I remember this time last year, everybody was talking about Devontae Parker. And, right. And, and all those other guys, <laughs> Carew and, and everybody you named, uh, Stills uh, was was back. And, uh, you know, and, and Landry uh, – just went out and did his thing and game after game he was their best producer and and uh it wouldn't surprise me if uh it's the same you know guys like Devontae Parker get so much hype they've they've got that natural ability and everybody's waiting for them to explode and sometimes they do but you know don't forget about the steady producers because you know they come in handy and uh, they give you those 90 100 catches and those points and and that's what it's all about Uh, not who has has the sexiest team but the team that puts up the most points Jarvis Landry at 3-1. Devontae Adams at 3-2 had a very special year last year with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, again, Blaine Paris started off the draft with Le'Veon Bell. Rob Gronkowski takes Devontae Adams at 3-2. I think we can say that that sophomore season was a fluke, and he's back on track, and you've got the best quarterback in the game throwing to you. Uh, you're, you're comfortable with Devontae Adams up here at, the, at this part of the draft, right? Yeah, you know, uh, Devontae Adams, he, he was going there uh, a couple years ago, and uh, right. everybody everybody was looking for him to explode. He was that sexy player two years yeah. ago, and yeah. he had a horrible injury-marred season, but, uh, you know, uh, that that happens. And then he has, after the blip, he came back last year, and he did what everybody expected a year, uh, a year earlier. Sometimes, uh, you know, the progress isn't linear, and uh, in his case, it wasn't. And he still got Aaron Rodgers, and he makes up for a lot of errors. So. Only five. He had five games under ten points, but the rest of the games, uh, very solid performer. Seventy-five catches, 
almost 1,000 yards, 12 touchdowns. That's what you like about Devontae Adams. You're getting a piece of that Packer pie, and as long as he just holds serve, you're getting double-digit touchdowns. So you'll take that because that touchdown can make up for a bad week. 3-3 three, three is Demarius Thomas. Here's everybody's hero when he's, when he's uh, you know, had a quarterback that could throw in the ball. And the question is, does he have a quarterback that can get him the ball to be drafted here? He was still wide receiver 13 last year, and he's being drafted here at wide receiver 16. You would think, just plus and minus here, Denver's passing offense should be better than last year. And Demarius is still there. They didn't add any other weapons, Glenn. And that's what I, when you think about the Broncos, it's Demarius and it's Sanders and that's it. Well, you know, they will have their, uh, their number one running back back and Jamal Charles will be there. What he gives you, who knows, but uh, you know, potentially those two between CJ and Jamal, maybe they, they open up uh, the passing game a little more by making people concentrate on the backs. Uh, you know, Booker wasn't anything uh, in, in his brief time as the number one guy. So uh, maybe with a little bit more of a running game and uh, butts there now uh, with a little bit more uh, uh, tight end talent, who knows? Uh, things open up for Demarius. He seemed to go through a brief uh, time of not being as productive as he, as he has in years yeah. past. Maybe he bounces back this year, another year with his, uh, with his quarterback and uh, produces his 100-catch, uh, 10-touchdown seasons again. And I think he's a nice upside player this which year. Which quarterback do you think is going to be throwing in the ball? Not that it's really relevant, but if you're dynasty players and you're, you want to listen to the former world champion, is it Paxton Lynch? Is it, is it his time now, or are they still going to stick with Trevor Simeon? Uh, I think – there's a possibility they start with Simeon, but I think eventually it's going to be Lynch. They're going to give him a shot uh, sooner rather than later. I think this is the year, whether he starts the season, I don't think it'll be too far into the season before he takes over. I'm going to, I'm going to go on record and say that Pax, they're going to give, they're going to give him the job in the preseason. They're going to give the job to Paxton Lynch. Let's see what he can do. And let's just throw him to the fire. We, we, we need to get out and this is a tough division to win. It's Oakland's division for the most part. But you have San Diego there, and you have Kansas City there that looks like a beast. Uh, it's a very, very tough division. It's probably, the, in my opinion, it's one of the top divisions in all, in all football. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. Because of that, Denver defense is still can win games for Denver single-handedly. They just need a quarterback that can make a few plays. Trevor Simeon doesn't lose you games for the most part, but he's just not a, he just didn't make enough plays for me. You know, I mean, week one against Carolina, he, I enjoyed the game, but it just, as the season went on, there wasn't anything special there. He's a step down from, uh, you know, vintage Peyton Manning, that's for sure. Yeah. So Denver Denver is uh, still searching for their quarterback. Hey, they, they drafted Lynch number one for a reason. They right. gave him a season on the bench, right. which, uh, right. you know, works out uh, to quarterback's benefits at times. And uh, it, it may be his time. And uh, I, I agree with you. That is the way I would go. I'm not head coach at Denver this year, but, uh, you know, it, it seems to make a lot of sense. So let's see what they do. We're starting now. We're number two here at Red versus Blue. We're going, rolling right through the break here. We've got the former fantasy football world championship uh, champion, Glenn Lowy, on here with us. Uh, Glenn, you've been to Vegas. You go every year. You participate in all the big leagues all around the industry. You've almost knocked down a couple of the other big draft uh, events that are out in Vegas. Talk about – what it is that you think uh, the players at the world championship level are doing that may be differently uh, than, because a lot of people want to say that it's okay. They're just more expensive leagues. 
But that's not just it. The, the experience factor, the amount of bids that people put in into the World Championship are like three times more the amount of bids on the back end than the people that play in the online championship, right? And so right there, it tells you that there's a little bit of a different level of competition when you step up to the World Championship. But what other, what other feedback and advice can you give a new player that wants to jump up and play in either the online championship or the World Championship in 2017? I think, uh, first of all, what, what you're saying is 100% true. And it, it is, there is a difference when you play in the online championship versus, let's say, your home league. And there's a difference between the main event, the, the, the Vegas leagues and the New York City leagues versus the online championship leagues. And, and part of it is based on the investment that people make. Let's face it. Someone isn't going to come out of nowhere, never have had any success in a fantasy football league, you know, in his home league. Every year he finishes second division, never makes the playoffs, and think to himself, hey, let me grab $1,500 of my family's money or $2,000 of my family's money, (laughs) and let me invest it against these players that, uh, you know, play it all the time. That's not going to happen. So, when you get to those levels, whether it be the online championships or, or the main events or the high dollar, you know, 10 grand, 20 grand leagues, when you have players that are willing to put up that kind of money, typically they've had serious success at the lower levels to the point where their confidence is, is, is up enough where they're willing to take that chance and, and invest that money. I look at it as an investment. When yeah. I um, when I play these leagues, I don't look at it as a game. <laughs> it's an investment because I down deep feel I'm as good as anybody out there. And there are some great players, and these great players all feel the same. They feel they're as good as anybody out there, and that's why they're out there to win the money because they're good enough to do that. So you've got everybody in every league as talented as you, no matter how good you are. And that where you have to find the extra edge by working harder, going after your players, knowing more than the next guy, studying more than the next guy, being ahead of the curve, seeing things happen before the next guy does. And, uh, you know, that sometimes is is what makes the difference. So if I have one piece of advice for anybody uh, who is going to make the jump or is ready to make the jump, be prepared because you're going to have to work. Don't don't think of it as something you're going to do uh, and spend 15 minutes a week on because you're going to get killed. And uh, go you're going to get up against the best in the world. So be prepared to work as hard as they do, and then maybe you'll have a chance. We have Glenn Lowy with us. Glenn, could you stay for one more, one more segment here real quick? Yeah, of course. Okay. I want to talk about this third round. We're going to get into the fourth round. I'm going to ask Glenn – his top pick of that third round and his worst pick of that third round when we come back right after this. Game time on the big stage Sunday night football. This is Dr. Roto from ScoutFantasy.com, and my goal is to help you win your fantasy football league. Scout Fantasy has the most accurate player projections and rankings that come from real winners, not celebrity personalities who've never won a dime playing fantasy football. So I want you to come check out what we do at ScoutFantasy.com. Start your road to a fantasy football championship with Scout Fantasy. Scout Fantasy, where the best players play. All right. 
right, we're back with Glenn Lowy, the former fantasy football world championship. Going to try to knock down a second title here, whether it be here or the NFFC or the FFPC. We've still not yet seen one player knock down two fantasy football titles. Isn't that a little odd? Yeah, it, it's, uh, it, it just shows you how tough the competition is. How and, tough uh, it is. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you're never going to be, no matter how good you are, you're not coasting to anything. There's no four uh, championships in a row like the, uh, like the Yankees pulled off uh, in, in fantasy <laughs> football. You're, you're working hard and just be happy if you're competing every year. Glenn, what pick do you see in the third round? It's, it's an amazing yellow round. There's 11 wide receivers that were taken in the third round. Landry, Adams, Demarius, Terrell Pryor, Tyreek Hill, uh, Allen Robinson, Alshon Jeffrey, Sammy Watkins, Martavis Bryant, Golden Tate, and Julian Edelman. The only thing in the middle of that is Leonard Fournette. What's the pick that you think uh, is really the one that you just can't stomach taking in the third round? The the one I can't stomach, the one to me that stands out as as maybe a mistake pick, honestly, is probably Tyreek Hill. Okay. Um, you know, there's a couple. There's a couple I don't like, but uh, I'm going to go with him only because he's done so little. Yeah. He's proven so little, and there's guys behind him that have accomplished much, much more. Uh, mm-hmm. have as much, if not more, talent, have as good situations, if not better. I just uh, – and, and their upside is higher. I, You know, I, I, it's not that I don't like the position, but if you go in that position, there were players behind them that I thought were both sure of things with higher upside. So uh, I, I didn't like the Tyrell Hill pick. And I, honestly, I, I didn't like the uh, prior pick either. Those, those two stuck out to me. Uh, the pick – there's a lot of picks I love also – uh, you know, third round, I'm going, I'm going upside. But looking at the way people picked heading into the third round, the, the pick I probably like the most, and I'm sure people disagree with me, but I like Sammy Watkins because that, that player started Gordon Howard, which are two pretty solid running backs with upside. Uh, but he had to go wide receiver, and he – what he did is he went with a wide receiver with enormous upside. Yes, he's in a he's in a Buffalo offense and he gets hurt every year. But if he comes around, he's got the kind of talent that can carry you. And considering they were going for their wide receiver one after two pretty solid running back choices, yeah. they yep. they're going for it there. That's that's a pick to win in my mind. Uh, it's also a pick that could lose. But uh, you know, like I always say, and like many say, you know, if you're not going to win. Who cares where else you finish? So um, I, I do like that pick. Let's take a caller, Glenn. Uh, if you want to call in the show, 657-383-0828. Write that number down. The number has changed. 657-383-0828. We're going to take a call from the 515. 515, you're on with Scott and Glenn. What's your question? Hey, Scott. It's Chris. How you doing? Chris, how's it going, very, man? Very, very long. Oh, okay. No, Chris is drafting out of the five hole tonight, uh, Glenn, and so I assume he wants to talk to you about Tyreek Hill, who you just absolutely slayed <laughs> at his wide receiver three. Well, I, I'm in a dynasty a league. Uh, I'm in a dynasty <laughs> league with Chris uh, in in uh, with scouts, so uh, I I do know Chris well, and uh, we met last last year in Vegas. He's a good guy and very active dynasty player and. 
you know, sometimes dynasty players, when they get into these uh, redraft leagues, uh, they go for that young, uh, up-and-coming guy. Their mentality is still dynasty. And I, and I guess that, uh, that that's part of Chris's uh, pick there. <laughs> but I'll let him uh, well, explain. I, I got sniped with uh, Demarius Thomas and a few others. So I've been sniped about four times by Sedona and Evil Empire. <laughs> so I got to work with what I'm given. Let's talk about that uh, Tyreek Hill pick. Uh, tell us why you decided to take Tyreek Hill over some of the other options like Fournette, Allen Robinson, Jeffrey, and others. As far as Robinson, I'm not a fan of his because uh, I think I read somewhere that about 40% of all rookies, wide receivers that are uh, top nines, they just they are on the decline the next two seasons, and it, Allen Robinson proved that last season when he turned it in, and I just don't think he's going to be doing what he's doing, and as far as the Fournette, I'd, it's Jacksonville. And yeah. so I think Terry Hill is this year's is, uh, Andy Reid's Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, Glenn, he brings up a good point. You know, they do lose uh, – or they or they release Jeremy Macklin. Uh, so there are more balls to go around this year in that offense. You do, um, you do lose Jamal Charles. So you are sort of changing the identity of this offense a little bit. Travis Kelsey now uh, presumes to get most of the double coverage out there so that'll be interesting to see how it affects him but you don't like uh the, the just because of where there were so many other players on the board with with as little work as Tyreek Hill has and as little as little pedigree as he has he just is that my is that right you just you you would you wouldn't take him in the third round but maybe the fourth uh you know I might take him in the third round but behind some of those other players again Tyreek Hill is such a boom bust player and and the KC offense you know, you still got Alex Smith throwing the ball there. They're going to be a running team. You know, they 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 picked up a rookie runner to go with Ware this year. I think they're gonna they're gonna pound the ball. They're gonna to go to Kelsey. If you look at the last few games for for Tyreek last year, he wasn't really being targeted huge. Yes, Macklin's uh, Macklin's out, but he was out the second half last year, and and that isn't when Tyreek really showed what he had uh, when Macklin was out. Um, I don't know. I'm just not feeling Hill this year. I mean, he could explode. He's, yeah. he's one of the fastest players in the NFL. Oh, he's sick. He's, yeah, got, sick. he's got crazy speed, uh, and those kind of players could explode. I just don't see Kansas City running their offense through Tyreek. I just don't see it happening. And uh, for that reason more than any, uh, I'm a little <laughs> hesitant there. You know he's a special kind of player when, when he can catch exactly zero balls in week 15, score 12.8 points. He can catch zero balls right. in week 16 and still score you 15 and a half points. There's something special about this kid. So it'll be interesting to see how they use him because if they just start to get him more involved into that offense, look out, world, because you cannot stop this. Isaiah Crowell, Chris, at round four, as your RB1 in front of Marshawn Lynch and Joe Mixon, how hard was that for you? Nothing. It was easy, I believe. I believe in Crowell this year. That's, I think he's going to be RB one in that Cleveland offense, and I listen to great advice that your site has, and as well as I'm on the record show. I have the most respect for Glenn when he won that hundred fifty thousand dollars. I hang on every word that he talks about because he's a proven player, and I've traded him I quite a bit. I like Crowell. Nice pick. <laughs> uh, let's talk about I like Crowell, Crowell guys. as well this year. I, yeah. I, I'd recommend staying away from Lynch. He isn't going to make it halfway through the season. That's the concern that you have with Lynch. You have a fantastic offensive line there. The question is, will he hold up? And will he have the desire to hold up 
or will he be one of these players like the uh, traditional Lakers from the past where they would just literally camp it in, wait for the playoffs? Because you know the Raiders are probably going to make the playoffs regardless of who's in the backfield. They were, they're, they've got the offense and everything rolling. Uh, they just need to hold on. And then you'll see Lynch, you know, sort of tune it up right before the playoffs, kind of like his days. But let's talk about Crowell for a second. 198 carries, 950 yards, seven touchdowns. Uh, 40 catches, too. He's getting the ball. A lot of people think that Duke Johnson is the guy that catches the ball, but Crowell, he caught 40 balls, too. So, Chris, I, I do uh, the pick there, but the strength of schedule, he does have a tough schedule this year, 23rd. If you're Cleveland from coming from behind, you, you probably are going to be looking to uh, for, for a back to be able to dump the ball, and that's kind of where Duke Johnson comes in. But Crowell does catch the ball. Yeah, I think he's a all one. I think um, I can't recall Cleveland uh, coach uh, Hugh Jackson. I think that's what he's looking for. I mean, look what he did with Phil in his first rookie season. I think he learned quite a bit, and I think Crowell is going to be. I think he vaulted at least to the top twelve, and if not the top ten this season. Yeah, and I don't like forget Cleveland's plan. offensive line is going to be better this year too. And and Crowell's in a contract year, right? I mean, he 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 has a he signed a one year deal. So he, he he said, prove it, you know, let's prove it. Glenn, uh, Chris, thanks for, thanks for calling in, man. You've got a good looking squad. I think you can definitely do some damage and we'll see you in Vegas. I know Chris just picked up his third fantasy football world championship main event today. So uh, Chris, you've got a, you got a good looking squad squad. You've got my, one of my favorite running backs there in RB in the seventh round, Bilal Powell. I'm a Jets fan. I'll tell you right now, Matt Forte doesn't have <laughs> anything left and the Jets are going to be behind all year again. So in the third quarter, it's going to be Dumper City for Bilal Powell. Third and fourth quarter, he's going to he's going to catch six, seven, eight balls a game with that offense. So you, you've got yourself a stud in the seventh round, bro. Thank you. All right, Chris. Thanks for calling, man. Uh, Glenn, real quick, you mentioned one thing that I don't think a lot of people picked up on, and I want to pick your brain real quick on it. You mentioned Terrell Pryor that you don't like Terrell Pryor, and that really shocks me because what I saw last year, he's a playmaker. He goes up, he can get the ball, he plays tough. And the one thing that I respect about Terrell Pryor is the contract situation. He could have made more money elsewhere, and he said, you know what, screw that. I'm taking a one-year deal. It's a prove-it deal. There's lots of escalators for yards and catches at 90 catches uh, and 1,000 yards and and 10 touchdowns. He's got a lot of escalators in his contract, and he took a one-year deal and said, I'm going to prove it to you that I can make this work. And he's going to Kirk Cousins. I mean, that's a huge upgrade. And that's true. There's a lot of positives there, but you know, uh, one thing that that uh, you know I want to point out, and and it's something I knew or, or noticed very early in my fantasy football career when wide receivers switch systems and switch yep. switch teams, it yep. doesn't always work out. You know, it, sometimes Marshall Randy Miami. Moss goes to New England, yep. and sometimes Randy Moss goes to New England and you know catches 200 touchdowns in the season. <laughs> right, sometimes right. he goes to Oakland. And doesn't catch one, you know. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it it really it's really a curveball. Kirk Cousins, you know, he's having all those contract problems. You don't know what he's going to be like this year. Crowder's still there, you know. Uh, he's getting talked up a lot. Let's see what he does this year. I don't know about Pryor. You know, he's not even a, a very experienced wide receiver. Period. He's got crazy athleticism, and that will carry him a certain certain distance. But you know. Cousins, he's used to throwing a crowd. He's used to throwing a read. You know, uh, those guys are still there. We'll see how he does with Pryor. You know, that remains to be seen. But in the third round with some other proven choices behind him, 
Um, you know, I kind of like them better than Pryor. It isn't so much a, a dislike for Pryor as a dislike of who he was chosen over. Yeah, Pryor had 140 targets last year. When you look at Pierre Garçon, he had 114. And then you look at Deshaun Jackson, they lost both the receivers. That's another 100 targets. So there's 214 targets just to go around for Pryor, for Dotson, and Crowder to kind of pick up on. And there's a lot there for Pryor to like. But Cody freaking Kessler? I mean, come on. He was catching ball from Cody Kessler. So I, I think you got, you, you've got to be uh, – I'm a Terrell Pryor fan just because of what he did with the contract. Sometimes contracts tell me a lot about a player. And when he takes that one-year make it or break it, I'll prove it to you. I'm betting on myself type of pick. I love that. Glenn, thank you so much. One, uh, any, any last words here for the, for, the, for the listeners and the crew here uh, listening to the show? Uh, just that I cannot wait. Six more weeks, give or take, till Vegas. Uh, you know, it's one of the greatest times uh, of the year for me. I have a lot of fun, get some old friends, and challenge myself against the best in the world. Cannot wait. It's here so fast. Glenn Lowy, thanks for joining us, man. One of the top players in the world. Take care, Scott. Thank you. All right. Yeah, we were. Uh, that, that's a real privilege to get one of the top players in the world on this show. It, if you all remember years ago, the Red versus Blue show, that's how we got our start. We started bringing on the best players in the world. We started doing these drafts live on air and pick-by-pick commentary. And that's sort of – that's I, I did that at part-time on the side. Look, I was just podcasting for fun. No money, nothing in it for me at all. I wasn't looking for anything except the camaraderie of the crew here, some of the best minds in the world of high-stakes fantasy football, always in the crew in the chat room. And it was a bustling time, and it was fun. It was, it, was, it was a great time. We did it just because Mike Trent wanted said, you know, he'd like to get back into broadcasting. I was like, dude, we could do that. We could do that right now. There, there's services out there. We could sign up and be broadcasting. And so we created Red vs. Blue. I'm a Louisville fan. He's a Kentucky fan. We start talking about college athletics, and then I start putting some fantasy in there because my love of fantasy kind of bleeds into everything I do. And before you know it, the, the audience starts coming for fantasy. They want to hear about fantasy. They don't want to hear about the – the, the, the rivalry between uh, Louisville Cardinals and Kentucky Wildcats, it just sort of formed, and, and here you are. So I, I encourage everybody, if you have a, a, a passion for, for getting involved, just get out there and start doing it. You never know what's going to happen. Now I'm running the Fantasy Football World Championships and Scout Fantasy, and it's, uh, it's pretty incredible. Let's take another caller. Uh, we have a caller from the 201. I think this is one of our players here, Anthony Vargas, <clears throat> Evil Empire, man. What's going on, brother? Good, man. How you doing? Hey, you've got a good squad going on. Let's let's remind the listeners at home what your squad looks like, and let's talk about it. Let's break it down. The six-hole, uh, you take Julio Jones, nothing to complain about there. Dougie Baldwin is a very safe pick for this draft because you know what you're going to get, and there's nothing really in his way of doing what he's been doing. But the third round is where it gets interesting. You're the only green sticker in the third round, and you take Leonard Fournette. What is it about Leonard Fournette? that makes you feel like, first of all, that his game translates to the NFL, that the Jaguars are going to give him the rock and let him have it uh, in a crowded situation there where you've got Chris Ivory and you, and you have the TJ Yeldons. They're not special, but they're still backs. And then what about Jacksonville's offensive line, which wouldn't give Borles the time of day to even throw the ball? What makes you think Leonard Fournette's going to prove you right with this pick? Um. Well, I, at the point, I debated taking Sammy Watkins, but at that okay. at that point, I figured I, I let me get my let me get my workhorse, and 
I think Fournette, he's going to get the rock 20, 25 times a game because he definitely, they drafted him number four overall. Um, they also drafted Cam Robinson to shore up the offensive line, and I don't think they want Bortles throwing the ball 40, 50 times a game. Right, so right. at that right. point, I, be, I believe he, he he's not a bad pass catcher, and I think right. from the offensive philosophy with, with Tom Coughlin, I believe they're going to run the ball. So at that point, I wanted my workhorse. But I did debate Sammy Watkins there, and so it, it was a tough pick because I was sniped by uh, Canadian geese. I wanted Devontae Adams, and I would have went Adams at that point. But um, And then went running back in the next round. But actually, I'm kind of glad I did take him there because the running backs in the next round, yeah. I really didn't like too much. I probably would have went Crowell because he was there. But things happen for a reason. I love the pick of Leonard Fournette. I also love the Terrell Pryor and Tyreek Hill picks as well. I'm a big fan of all three of those picks. And I think that green sticker sticks out, and it could stick out in a big way for you. There were still 300 carries to go around for the running backs. It was just all spread out with very average players. And Leonard Fournette is above average, right? Yeldon had 130 carries, 465 yards. You had Chris Ivory, 117 carries, 439 yards. Uh, Corey Grant had 30 carries. Denar Robinson had over 40 carries. I mean, there's all kinds of backs in this backfield that just couldn't get it done. So I think Leonard Fournette, very, very nice pick there in the third round. That's where I'm okay with taking him, Anthony. I think the third round is the round that you start to target Leonard Fournette, and it worked out perfectly for you because you're able to get several other good running backs. You've got a really good draft. Let's keep it going. Dante Moncrief in the fourth round had a down year but was one of uh, Andrew's Luck's favorite targets in the red zone, uh, Dante Moncrief, wide receiver 27 off the board. looks like he can improve on those numbers. But then you take Brandon Marshall in the fifth round. He's a guy that I've been talking up quite a bit lately as a serviceable wide receiver in the FFWC, and sometimes that's what you need in the fifth round. Somebody that's not going to lose it for you, but has the potential to win it for you, especially with a bonehead knucklehead like Odell Beckham in front of him. Yeah, absolutely, and and I kind of shored him up just in case of injury later on in the twelfth when I picked Sterling Shepard. Um, so I kind of I kind of handcuffed him just in case because um, he is getting up there in age. But I believe as my fourth wide receiver, um, Brandon Marshall is going to be a, a big time red zone red zone threat for Eli Manning going forward. Yeah, uh, Brandon Marshall has uh, there's a there's a definite ceiling problem here that makes it to where he can't perform like a wide receiver too, right? Because of that offense, because Odell Beckham's going to get so much. If everything goes normal, he, he is going to fit perfectly in as a wide receiver three. Dave Richard uh, for CBS, uh, he put out a great article. And it, and it looked at, if you look at everything, if he has about 110, 115 targets, which is a good season for him, 67 receptions is about his normal in the NFL, 67, maybe a little over 70, 800 yards, seven touchdowns. It puts him in that that Jamison Crowder range, number 32 overall in PPR league. So 32, you're taking him at 34. That's exactly what he brings you. But the one thing I like about Marshall is the Odell Beckham knucklehead factor. If anything happens to ODB, Marshall is going to give you wide receiver one, wide receiver two numbers in that offense. And, and look, let's face it, he's going to be facing cornerbacks that he's never faced before. The best corners that he's always traditionally for years faced are
are going to be on the other side of the field and be like, man, why am I? Why I'm, I'm taking on ODB here, but somebody is going to get abused on the other side of that field by Brandon Marshall. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's why I believe he's, um, Brandon Marshall is probably going to score about ten touchdowns this year. I, I truly believe that. Well, if he if he does that, uh, let's talk about Eli Manning for a second. Is is he off the board by now? No, he is not off the board. If you think, if you truly think that 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 Marshall's good for ten, Odell's good for ten. Uh, that's twenty touchdowns for two receivers plus all of the other toys that that Eli has to throw to. I would expect Eli to be start being drafted in that top fifteen, and right now he's not being drafted in there. So we'll we'll, we'll start to, you know, Eli's Eli, but uh, Abdullah, Carlos Hyde, C.J. Procise, and C.J. Anderson, your next four picks off the board. Why were you going for so many running backs at that point? Did you feel like your wide receivers were just sort of set, and you're just throwing some darts here? Well. To me, I, I started seeing the value in, in the running backs as they okay. consider as they started to drop. I mean, yeah. Carlos Hyde and Shanahan's system. I mean, I'll take that in the seventh round. Um, sure. To me, that's yep. that's that's not gambling. Um, then I believe C.J. Procise is the best running back in Seattle. He flashed last year. Um, I don't trust yep. Eddie Lacy staying staying above underweight and Thomas Rawls. <laughs> I don't trust him neither. And, and I'm sitting there in the ninth round, and um, C.J. Anderson's a starting running back. And within this league, when you have to start two flexes, I'll, I'll put a starting right. running back in, in that flex. Um, so, I, I, you know, I, I, my whole plan was going wide receivers, but the running backs were dropping, and I, I saw a value in the running backs. So I just started grabbing them up. Well, and you went four out of your first five with wide receivers, so it's not like you didn't address it. So you've uh you've yeah, got some really good ones you've yeah. got you've got arguably the deepest wide receiver core here uh next to the ticker and 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 what i playing in these leagues over the years when you start reaching that's that's when you, that's when you kill yourself um so at that point i i believe that um with the running backs that were on the board i wanted pierre garcon he got sniped um the round before and i i felt guys were reaching on on the wide receivers and which was making the running backs drop. And at that point, I just saw the value. So, like I said, when you start reaching in these leagues, that's when that's when you kill yourself because you're taking guys three, four rounds sooner than really they should be going. And I remember last year I had Jonathan Stewart. I got Jonathan Stewart in the, in the ninth round, you know. And at the end of the year, he, he you know, I had him in, in my flex. I had him and, and Gore. Um you know, and at that point, his value. Nobody wanted Frank Gore last year. And as we're speaking, I'm about to pick Eli Manning <laughs> as my second quarterback. <laughs> yeah, hey, look, it's it's nice to go ahead. You go ahead and lock it up here. You don't have to worry about it. Or you could play the matchups if you if you decide. Uh, there will be some other ones out there. Now, you played two live Vegas drafts last year. Uh, are you are you still yes. planning to coming out in Vegas? And how was your how did you do out there? Um. I thought my team was pretty well, but I got killed with the injury bug. The one team um, we had, I had it started. I had the first pick started with Antonio Brown. Then we second round, we I went Gronk, Jordan Reed. I had Tom Brady, um, Keenan Allen. So I, I got killed with the injury yeah. bug. Um, my other league, I had Keenan Allen, Eric Decker, um, Mike Evans. You know, the injury bug killed me all year long in those in those leagues. Um, which, which you know, when you're playing against those guys, 
when if you you know if you get hit with the injury bugs, it, it's hard to come back. You know, you can work the waiver wire, but so much. But like I said, you're playing against those experts. You know, you know, luck is involved to, to a certain point. Anthony, you've, uh, you've done a really good job tonight. Four out of the first five wide receivers fired away at those running backs. And you've got, uh, you've got a really serviceable tight end here in Eric Ebron who could post some really big numbers now with uh, the way that offense is trending. Great job tonight. I think you're going to be in the money, or at least you have a good shot at it, man, as good as anybody. Uh, and, and you've done yourself some really good favors here. Thanks for calling us up, man, and good luck for the rest of the year. See you out in Vegas. Thanks. You too. Take care. All right, man. That was Anthony Vargas, Evil Empire, drafting out of the – what is that? The uh, six hole? Yeah, six hole. Julio Jones, Doug Baldwin, Leonard Fournette. It was a good start. When we come back, one of the top stars of Scout Fantasy in 2017, right after this. Hey, everybody, Adam Ron is here to let you know that the fifth annual Dynasty Football World Championships are back. That's right. We're taking Dynasty Leagues to the next level. Cost is $299 to play. Over $2,400 in league prizes with a $10,000 grand prize. Grab a startup or adopt an orphan at a discount. Each year, you keep your entire team and add to your team through an annual six-round rookie draft. Visit DynastyKing.com to jump in and take your shot at becoming the next Dynasty King. Visit DynastyKing.com for more info. That's DynastyKing.com. And we're back, and I want to tell everybody real quick, the Dynasty Football World Championship, a startup draft kicks off tomorrow. We, uh, the, the, the league just filled. We're going to put the draft slots out right after this draft is over. Um, the, the draft is already starting, and we have a couple of other startups that are happening. You can jump in on those and, and be a part of that. Uh, the DynastyKing.com schedule is there in the lobby, and uh, we've never lost a league. Every league has filled uh, since we started. Uh, and we've never lost one, and they, we continue to keep them rolling, and, and they're just a great time. If you've never played a Dynasty startup, probably the most fun you'll ever have in a draft is when you participate in one of our Dynasty startups. There's just nothing like it, the trading and the jockeying position, uh, for position. Uh, I also want to bring up the Vegas event in Las Vegas. The Palms Hotel and Casino are going to host a memorable once-in-a-lifetime experience. You heard from the Palms general manager. If you listen to Doc and Adam's show on Scout Fantasy on SiriusXM, you heard him talk about it. It's going to be a once-in-a-lifetime experience. It kicks off Wednesday night, September 6th. We have the G Suite. It's a 2,500-square-foot megawatt mini club with a living room, a full bar, pool table, and a replica of Ghost Bar's glass floor balcony, bouncer not included. That's the kickoff draft. We'd love to see you out there. We have a special surprise for Emil Cadlick this year. Uh, we'd really like to uh, nominate him for our first-ever Fantasy Football Hall of Fame. Uh, we'd love to see that happen out there. We'd love to see you out there. There are still a few spots. That's our kickoff draft. That starts things off. Then on Thursday morning, the 5K Commander League is in the one-story villa. This thing is absolutely incredible. I couldn't believe we scored this, this place for our Thursday drafts. Now, look, you may not be in the 5K Commanders. I think there's just one spot left in that. Uh, the, the 5K Commander, it's uh, a special draft, but you can come and hang out with us. Do it Vegas-style. Get to Vegas, Come up, wake up on Thursday morning, come over to the one-story villa at the Palms. It's 6,100 square feet. It's got a cantilevered pool, rotating bed, 24-hour butler service. We've got a host of other speeches that are going on. But there's a pool that walks out to the deck, and you're out in the middle of Vegas at the walkout swimming pool. It's unbelievable. And we're going to hold the draft there. At 12.30 in the afternoon, we have the 10K Top Gun. That league is already sold out. It sold out in record time. Less than 24 hours, that league sold out. 
it's also in the one-story villa. Just come, hang out, look at these draft boards, see what the top players in the world are thinking before your big draft happens on Friday and Saturday. That's the ticket, right? You start to take some notes. You start to look and see where everybody happens. Because every time when you come out, there, there, there are names that are driving up the draft board. And that's what I want to talk about. This player has never been out there, but he's coming out there this year, the one and only Adam Ronis. What's going on? How are you? What's up, Scott? Glad to be here. And, yes, I am definitely looking forward to Vegas, counting down the days. I mean, the suites look insane. I know the competition's yeah. great out there. Yeah, yeah. Be out there for the first weekend of fantasy football. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Is this your red versus blue debut, by the way? Is this, is this your first show? I believe it is, yes. Okay. We used to do this show all the time, and, I, and it's been on hiatus the last two years while we built – the fantasy football world championship out here with scout fantasy. And um, yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it's a show high stakes listeners, high stakes players. Some of the best players in the world are in the chat room tonight. We call them the crew. The uh, fantasy assassins get paddled, Jerry Bryant, kicking bass, a lot of players in the chat room, just chatting away and going through some of the best players. Henry Muto um, have won some big, big money out there. And Adam, when you're in Vegas, again, you're going to come out, you're going to be a part of this villain, just hanging out watching the drafts and look if you go down i'm trying to pick put a put a picture on this for everybody you're at the draft you're watching things go on and then you're like you know what i want to take a break while they're drafting i'm going to go down i'm going to hit the slots i'm going to hit the roulette wheel i'm going to hit blackjack for a little bit i might win i might lose but if i lose i'm going to come back up to the suite hang out watch some of the action on the sports center or the college football that starts that weekend and i'm going to hang out and get a drink which is all catered, and it's all part of the package. So you can just come up there, have a snack, eat some food, uh, take a drink, and, you know, just sit back and watch some drafters or head out to the pool. Bring your trunks. It's a walkout pool on the balcony. I mean, come on. It doesn't get any better than this, man. Oh, it definitely does. It sounds great, man. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. There's so much to do, and hopefully, you know, people get distracted as well with everything that's going on there. You want them to get distracted because you need something to get an edge, right? Yeah, Adam Ronis, you can draft against Adam on Saturday afternoon at 3 p.m. Pacific time. There's still a few spots left. I know it just went on sale this past week. We already filled one league. We filled up the first one, and now this is the second one that's filling. This is the Beat Adam Ronis League, 3 p.m. Saturday afternoon. You can play in the online championship out in Vegas for 369 bucks, and it's going to be incredible. Then on Friday and Saturday, we have the amazing Hardwood Suite. This thing is absolutely ridiculous. It's 10,000 square feet on two floors. There's an indoor basketball court, professional locker room, NBA-sized fold-out beds. It's got an NBA basketball court in there, so you can actually come in. I I, I know this is going to happen, Adam. People are going to be drafting in the draft room. They're going to be so stuck they can't make up their mind. They're going to walk over to the basketball court, and they're going to shoot a three. It's like, if I make it, I'm going to take this guy. If I miss it, I'm going to draft this. I mean, that kind of stuff is going to happen because we've got a pool table, we've got a bowling alley, and we've got a basketball court all inside this suite. I mean, that kind of stuff is going to happen. I mean, it's Vegas. What other place can you draft and have all these amenities and these options for you? I don't think there's any other place that you're going to get. You're going to want to come join us. Yeah, it's going to be crazy, man. I mean, I'm, I'm afraid of it's going to take us several days to recover when I come back home to New York. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about this draft tonight. It's been, a, it's been pretty, uh, pretty amazing. We've got a lot of team construction at this point in the draft. Let me finish up the third round. 
after that Leonard Fournette pick by Evil Empire. Mallon takes Allen Robinson, Bada Bing, Alshon Jeffrey, Sammy Watkins, Martavis Bryant, Golden Tate, Julian Edelman to Jerry Bryant. And now we're starting to look at the teams and how they're constructed. And, and Adam, you, you saw the draft board before you came on the call. I, I know you just went to the Mets game tonight. Did they win tonight, or how did it go? Oh, uh, yeah, they were, they were up 14-2 when I left oh. in the ninth. Oh, so okay. yeah, they smashed tonight. And you were the third wheel with, uh, on that, on that, on that uh, mysterious date there, right, with Lisa Ann. And we're, we're, how'd that go? I went well. There was a, 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 secure, a police guy there, too, so I was uh, talking to him. I, I'm not trying to get in the way, you know. But I was happy to be, be invited in uh, great seats and uh, always love uh, attending a baseball game, so I had fun. Adam hosts not only our Scout Fantasy show, but he hosts a show. Uh, it's Lisa Ann Does Fantasy, right? When, when, when can they catch that show? That is Monday night, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, 10 p.m. to midnight Eastern. 10 to midnight on Monday, and then you – and then you're, uh, you're up and at it the next morning, every morning, Monday through Friday, 10 to 11 Eastern on Sirius XM Fantasy. Uh, Adam, what, did you, what do you think about this draft? What, what, are you, what are you seeing? Anything standing out to you? Bad picks, good picks, bad team construction? What, do you, what, what, did, you, what did you see there? Yeah, I mean, there was a couple of teams I liked. Uh, I liked, uh, actually, you were just talking to him, Evil Empire. I, I like what he did, you know, starting off with Julio Jones and Baldwin, and then Fournette is that only running back in that round. You know, I think Fournette's in a position where he could thrive this year and have a lot of success. I know some people are are doubting him a little bit because of that Jacksonville situation, and we do need to see that offensive line get better. But they invested an early pick, and that goes to show that they really want to run the football. They have an improved defense, and they want to take the ball out of Blake Bortles' hands to limit his mistakes. And Fournette is just a, a great talent. You know, last year, obviously, he dealt with some injuries, but we saw what he did two years ago. And, you know, I think he can catch the football. We'll see if they utilize him in that fashion. But, you know, you got your two stud receivers. You come back and you get Fournette, and then you follow it up with uh, two other receivers. And then took some shots on some running backs there. You know, we're seeing Carlos Hyde really fall right now because all the stories we're hearing are negative with him. And it's rare that this time of year that you hear these negative stories. A lot of times it's all positive. This guy's in the best shape. He looks great. And with Carlos Hyde, we're hearing he's not a fit for the system. We know Kyle Shanahan went out and did everything he could to make sure that they drafted Joe Williams. But Hyde, we know, is a talented player. I know he's dealt with some injuries. Can somehow adjust to that Kyle Shanahan system. To take a shot on him in round seven is definitely worth it. CJ Prosize, I love the talent there in round eight. Obviously, we saw last year when he got that opportunity, especially in that New England game, I mean, he's explosive. He definitely has some injury risk. There's no question about it. And a lot's going to depend on the health of Eddie Lacy and what he does. And C.J. Anderson, I get it. Everyone hates him right now. But we saw what he's done when he is healthy. I mean, there's a couple times he's averaged five yards per carry, and you're you're waiting on him, and you're not spending a high pick on him. And then Eric Ebron, I think, is the 11th tight end off the board. You know, this is a guy last year that I don't think people realize how good he was. You know, in 13 games, he had 60-plus catches over 700 yards. He only scored one touchdown, so that's the biggest concern is we really haven't seen a lot of red zone targets around. But let's not forget, Anquan Bolden is gone, and he soaked up a lot of those red zone looks. Ebron has steadily improved each year. His catch percentage got better last year. He's only 24 years old. So if I'm going to wait on a tight end and I can get Ebron, I like it. So I like like what he did with his team construction. Maybe a little bit running back heavy, but uh, I heard what he said, and I agree, where some of the wide receiver values were not there because, as you know, a lot of wide receivers go early in this draft. Let's talk. Let's let's go through some teams here. Jarvis Landry, Jamison Crowder, Kelvin Benjamin. If I told you that was your 
three wide receivers. How would you feel about that? Well, I like Landry and Crowder a lot. I would okay. hope that they're not my one and two, obviously. I mean, then it depends on, on what your other positions you're taking. Uh, I think Crowder is set to see a big increase in targets. He's got the rapport there with Kirk Cousins. And Landry, concern with him is Why not? Why not? Why not? Why wouldn't it be all upside, Adam? If he only had four last year, it's not going to get any worse. Well, I mean, how much better does it get? We just haven't seen him be a big touchdown guy, and he hasn't really gotten a a lot of red zone looks at the team that wants to run the football. We saw last year Jay Ajayi getting a ton of carries. Uh, You've got Devontae Parker there. I know he hasn't done it yet, but he's got a lot of potential. And Julius Thomas, I know health is a factor for him, but he's familiar with the Adam Gase system, and the one thing we know he can do is excel in the red zone. So, how many? T- I, look, Landry has a lot of ability, and I expect him to score more touchdowns. I would like to see it, yeah. but we just haven't seen enough of those uh, red zone looks. Now, he's, he's good after the catch, so that's what you're picking oh, on, is that no, he's taking a couple yeah. of extra ones to the house. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. He's one of the most impressive people taking it uh, with the ball in his hands. That's what I love about Landry. So I'm, I'm totally thrilled with that. 94 catches last year, 130 targets. I don't see much of that changing at all. The only thing I do see happening – is that touchdown number going to go up? The offense is better. I think it's just a little bit of flaky, uh, flaky type of situations. They, I, I think he's proven that he's the guy. So I, I think the touchdown number goes up. By the way, Kelvin Benjamin is my three. You think that let's just let's just break it brass tacks. Do you think it's a things go better for Benjamin this year or things get worse? You know that's interesting because Benjamin, uh, we like to kill him, but he's the he's the the number one target there at wide receiver, and he's a big right. receiver, and Calvin and Cam looks for him in the red zone. So yeah. you got to think if Cam is healthy that maybe he gets a little bit better. So uh, I'm fine with Kelvin as my number three. I really haven't taken him anywhere yet, but maybe we're a little too sour on him. You heard the GM come out uh, last month and say that his weight was never a problem. I'm like, dude, he's 245 and 6'5". I mean, dude. Dude's a monster, but they, they said he might have been as high as 270. They even reported 280. There's no way, but 270, dude. I mean, that, that, he, needs to, he needs to get involved. Like, you know, they're talking about Devontae Parker being eating better and getting, you know, being more conditioned. I never saw that as a problem with him at Louisville at all. So I don't know where that's coming from. But Kelvin Benjamin obviously got a little lazy, 270 pounds. I mean, you know, he just, but finished regardless, he still finishes wide receiver 33. I think things are going to get better for him this year. The offense is going to be much more dangerous uh, with those two playmakers. I mean, you put McCaffrey and Samuel in this offense, it makes things easier for Cam Newton. And, and look, his, his quarterback, by the way, Mark Salinas' quarterback, is Cam Newton. So I told you that Benjamin was his three. But then Decker is his four. Wallace is his five. He has Gillisley as his RB3 because his two running backs are David Johnson and Todd Gurley. So very solid effort here. I give this, I give this as because the wide receivers are just right there. There's nothing wrong with them. I can't say that Landry's not a one. I can't say that Crowder's not a two. I can't say that Benjamin's not a three. And you have, you have players like Gillisley and Decker as your flex. Totally fine with that. His tight end is Kobe Fleener. Now that is a little down as far as tight ends go, you missed out on the top tier of tight ends, and you're taking a B player. You're taking a B. And, and it could get – I mean, it can't get much worse for him either. That was, you know, that was pretty much a down year for Kobe Fleener. We expected a much better year. But I give that draft a solid B+. Plus. It's not an A, 
I give it a solid B plus because he did exactly what he needed to do, and that Todd Gurley pick is going to make or break that draft. I think that's something we're going to say a lot this year about Todd Gurley. That's going to make <laughs> or break a lot of people's drafts. We're seeing him go, you know, mid to late second round, sometimes falling to the third. And we just did not see the explosive plays last year from Gurley that we saw as a rookie. But it's a different coach now. They improved the offensive line. So let's see what Gurley can do now. You know, there's no more excuses. You can't blame Jeff Fisher and his coaching ineptitude anymore. You have him ranked uh, in, our, in our rankings that everybody can access. Those are still free on Scout Fantasy. You have him ranked RB12 more than any of the fantasy experts. You and Doc are right there at 12. I have him at 10. So I have him right there where, where it is. I, I actually like those picks. I, that's the exact same two picks that I would have taken if I were the David Johnson owner. I would have taken those two picks. Then you get Crowder to fall to you at the end of the fourth and, the, and, and, and follow up with Benjamin. He did the right things there, right? I might even give this, this draft an A- minus because he has Gillisley in the sixth round, and that's, that's a nice pick that you can look back on and say, you know what, I, that, that's the type of player that may be more – influential than we think right now let's move on to the next team this team adam won the thing the last two years canadian geese he goes bell and gronk in his first two picks his receivers are Devonte adams larry fitzgerald and then he doesn't have a wide receiver three until the 10th round when he takes alan hearns ted ginn taylor gabriel now he may have just bailed himself out with the ginn and gabriel picks they're great draft master guys but Gabriel is one of those sneaky guys that we've just seen the tip of the iceberg with him. How impressed were you with what you saw from Taylor Gabriel last year? Really impressed. And as you see, as the season went along, he started to get more incorporated into the offense. He started to see his snaps go up. And he's one of those guys that doesn't need a heavy volume of targets to produce in a given week. So I guess the biggest thing, obviously, there is Kyle Shanahan leaving that offense. Sarkeesian coming in obviously I think you would try to keep a lot of the same elements but obviously it's a different play caller and we saw how Shanahan just turned that offense into a juggernaut and you got to think that they take a little bit of a step back I mean they had a historic season I mean Matt Ryan didn't even have a ton of pass attempts for the numbers he put up but I would think Gabriel's offense in this his role in this offense increases and for where you're getting him right now I agree. That's where I want to take a shot on him. And uh, I think he could be a guy that really uh, surpasses his draft value. Second half of the season, Taylor Gabriel finishes wide receiver 19 with seven touchdowns after week eight. It's a pretty, pretty good stretch run. So while I thought I looked at his wide receivers and I'm like, oh, my God, what did he do? He didn't take one. He may have. And, and, and Alan Hearns, I heard Jeff Manns on uh, Sirius today talking about the forgotten man of, of Alan Hearns. Nobody likes him. Nobody wants anything to do with him. Wide receiver, 57 on the year. <laughs> and uh, nothing, nothing has really changed for Alan Hearns. I mean, Marquise Lee is still emerging, but nothing has really changed for Alan Hearns. Yeah, and, you know, it's one of those things. We see it in fantasy sports, the recency bias. People look and see the numbers last year and go off of that and forget that Hearns has, in previous years, been pretty effective at scoring touchdowns. And, again, you're not spending a high pick on them. And we know he has the ability. He's done it before. Right. So we'll see. Marquise Lee. There are a lot of Marquise Lee fans. I'm one of them. I thought that he he, he had a he was a he was he was a nice player in college. That a lot of us uh, developmental leagues, you know, we we had him stashed him. He just hasn't been what we thought. His tight ends are Gronk, Ertz, and Delaney Walker. 
a lot of people are talking about Delaney Walker as a player who may regress in this offense. His age is getting up there, and there's not going to be as many balls to go around. Uh, but but still, at, at tight end eight, you I know you are more – your guy is not Kyle – or not Delaney Walker, it's Kyle Rudolph, but you have those pretty close together. Yeah, I mean, I would take Rudolph over him. I just think Rudolph – finally had that big year that we were waiting for. He had 24 red zone targets, over 80 receptions, and it seems like Bradford really developed uh, a liking to him and looked to him in the red zone a lot. Delaney Walker is very interesting because he's been very stable the last couple years, but now you do bring in some new weapons here. They were kind of forced to go to Delaney Walker when you look at that wide receiver core they had. Now you bring in Eric Decker, who has been tremendous in the red zone. Decker's a guy that I have on my team every single year. You know, a lot of people thought, oh, he was made by Peyton Manning. But everywhere he's gone, he's been excellent in the red zone. So you add him to the mix. Uh, you know they want to run the football. You got DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry there. And, you know, you, you got uh, your rookie wide receiver they bring in as well, who maybe doesn't Corey have the Davis. impact we thought was Corey Davis with, with some of the uh, you know other options they have there. But, you know, he could be a red zone threat as well. So they don't have to go to Delaney. He is getting a little bit older. So I, I think his volume of targets does go down a little bit. Would it surprise you if I project Marcus Mariota for 4,000 yards rushing and passing and 30 touchdowns? No, I don't think so. I mean, he was very efficient in the red zone last year. He was really good. And if you're talking about combined, they don't run him a lot. We know he has that skill, but they have yet to really unleash him. But he has the ability to score a few rushing touchdowns. So, no, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, clearly they do want to run the football, but I I think things can open up, and he has the weapon. So if they want to allow him to be a little bit aggressive, uh, these are way better weapons than what he's had over or last since last year so yeah. uh, i think that is not out of the question at all and who took uh cory davis i'm gonna i'm gonna search this dashboard there it is mr pink okay uh at the 11 hole uh andrew palermo takes my man cory davis this kid wide receiver 45 seventh round they talk about this kid like he has the skill set of an aj green like he has top five wide receiver potential not this year, obviously, and no, you know receivers don't ever do that out of the gate. I mean, unless you're Michael Thomas, but Corey Davis has that type of trajectory that if things go right and, and he progresses in the NFL like he's supposed to, you're taking Corey Davis like you're taking AJ Green and Julio Jones in NFL drafts in a couple of years. Do you think that is, is that how you see it, or is that just a little too too uh, adventurous for for your taste? No, I think he has a lot of ability. I think he would be going higher if they didn't bring in Eric Decker. So I think that's why you're seeing him go in around like round seven right now, just because Decker comes in and and we know what he can do if he's healthy. I mean, obviously he's coming off a couple of injuries. So I think that's why you're seeing Davis go where he is right now. And why am I so high on Marcus Mariota? Because if I were building a franchise, right? Like if I were literally sitting down and they were, and it wasn't, you know, a defensive player that, I don't even think I would take J.J. Watt uh, that high. But if I were building my franchise, and I live in Indianapolis, and I'm a huge luck guy, if I were building my franchise, I'm taking Marcus Mariota as my number one overall pick. I just see everything about him, it to me, says that his game is going to translate to this next level. And there's only going to be a couple of running back quarterbacks that run more than he does. And you're right, they don't let him run. I wish they would, because I think he could run at, for as many yards as like Cam Newton and Russell Wilson and Tyrod Taylor, right? 
but he's going to be right there under those top three. He'll have the fourth most rushing yards of any quarterback in the NFL this year. If he can stay healthy, he does have a fumbling problem. He's always had that. He's had that in college. If he can hang on to the ball, but with that backfield and those receivers that you're starting to, you're starting to make this offense look a little bit better. It's taking a little bit of time, but it's getting there. Let's move on, Adam. The, the three hole starts off his draft with Antonio Brown, Brandon Cooks, Demarius Thomas, Michael Crabtree, and gets a guy that you're extremely high on Joe Mixon as his RB one in the fifth round. What do you think about that start in our format? I really like it a lot. Obviously, Antonio Brown, then Brandon Cooks, where a lot of people are split on, but you're swinging for the fences here. But then the Demarius Thomas pick makes it really good because Thomas, to me, has a – yeah, that's, you know, the roster construction area. has a high floor. Now, we've heard Demarius Thomas say that his hip is much better. Now, he didn't have surgery, and this hip has been bothering him for a while. He fought through it last year and still put up good numbers. I know people are worried about the Denver quarterbacks, whoever it winds up being, or we could see Simeon and Lynch at times this year. But the ball is going to Demaryius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. They're getting the football. It's always been like that. We haven't seen a third wide receiver or a tight end. So maybe their ceiling is limited, and we're not going to see a high amount of touchdowns. But you know the yards and receptions are going to be there. So it's a high floor for Demaryius Thomas. Then you come back with Crabtree who we know Derek Carr just has a, an affinity for, for looking for him in the red zone. I mean, he, he's getting more red zone targets than Amari Cooper. So you load up on wide receivers. And, yeah, Mixon we know has extreme talent. And Marvin Lewis spoke glowingly about him the other day. And you don't take a guy with Mixon's background in the second round if you don't plan to utilize him heavily. We know Gio Bernard might not be ready for training camp coming off the torn ACL. And Jeremy Hill is underwhelmed. You know, he's been successful in the other goal line, scores touchdowns. He's in a contract year. You know, in this situation, could win out. The concern is obviously the offensive line, but, you know, he built some really solid wide receivers. And then even coming back with Tyrell Williams, who in in your home leagues and other leagues, he's going to go even later. I mean, this is the earliest I've seen him go. And I think sometimes people are forgetting about him a little bit. Yeah, Tyrell finished wide receiver 15, had a fantastic season. They've added weapons in that offense. And if you he passed the eye test. If you looked at him, he has everything you could ask for in a stud wide receiver. But I'm a little concerned about the team construction element there because he waited till the 10th round to grab his RB2. It's James White. It's Jonathan Stewart. Maybe it's Jonathan Stewart that's going to start for him uh, right out of the gate. Uh, and, and I wouldn't be too – worried about that because he can go ahead and flex his muscles at the wide receiver position, but he does have questions in Joe Mixon. We love the upside of swing for the fences, but you didn't call matters like he did calm the matters at that wide receiver position. He didn't really calm the matters there where he pushed, he pushed all in with Tyrell Williams, you know, he pushed all in. And at that point you don't have your RB two yet. Maybe you don't take Drew Brees and, and, and go aggressive, but he decided, you know what? I'm sacrificing RB two. I'm going to beat you at quarterback. I'm going to beat you at my wide receiver, my, my, my second flex position. I'm going to try to beat you that way. He also takes my boy Tyler Eifert. I love Tyler Eifert. The Marvin Jones pick sticks out to me like a sore thumb. That should have been a running back. That should have been your Frank Gore, your C.J. Procise, maybe a flyer in P. Ryan since you've already taken a flyer with Mixon. Maybe one of those will pan out. Because um, remember, half these picks are going to suck. <laughs> half these picks are going to suck. It's just, all, it's just going to be. That's just the way it is. You're going to look at your board. And it's not going to be there. Uh, Adam, real quick, we, we're running out of time here. We're going to have to do a part two of this draft here. I'm going to probably record that tomorrow to get to the rest of these teams. 
But is there anything else that you'd like to say to Scout Fantasy and the and the and the FFWC community tonight? You you're going to be in Vegas. Last last hurrah here before you get there. Yeah, man, I'm just looking forward to meeting everyone and you know follow us on ScoutFantasy.com. We got great content. You know, I've been around for years. Those that have followed me know I help a lot of people win, and we're all about helping people win championships. We've been there. We play in a lot of competitive leagues. So just make sure you give us a follow, check out our content. And, again, I look forward to meeting everyone out in Vegas. There's nothing better than fantasy football camaraderie and getting to meet people that listen and read our content. It means a lot. So I'm really looking forward, and I welcome everyone to come out to Vegas and join us. All right, Adam. We'll hear you uh, on SiriusXM Fantasy every morning, Monday through Friday, 10 to 11. We'll hear you, bud. See you later. All right, man. Talk to you later. That's Adam Ronis on SiriusXM and our Scout Fantasy uh, show. Guys, I really appreciate you guys being here. I'm going to get to the rest of your team in a second podcast. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your host, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.